Okay, so welcome to our latest smoke and snow session. We're a couple of players down this session because uh, Rob and uh, Dave aren't feeling very well, so I hope they get better soon and can rejoin us. We're just going to fade their characters into the background for this session because I'm really not about that playing other people's characters' life. Luckily, since our group hired like four retainers recently, they've still got a few bodies, so for the purposes of this game, Obviously, we've got Johannes playing Weimar and Darren playing Brock, and they've sort of just split the henchmen like between them two each, and they're going to be responsible for controlling them. However, we pick up this session with the player characters heading to Deer Sun, the nearby village. After the the grisly spectre of their ex-henchman Gordon Sinclair materialised to them begging from beyond the grave for his bones which apparently still lie in the snow forgotten on the northern border of the forest to the north of Deersun they agreed to travel there and lay his bones to rest in like a proper burial effectively so we pick up with you guys travelling following the coast to the west towards Deersun it's a journey of just over a day basically day and a half pretty much so you've traveled about 24 miles you get into the end of the first day you know dusk has just started to fall there's a light rain has been falling through most of the day it's not too heavy but it is quite cold since we're getting into the the winter of Valcona and as you as you're sort of just sort of scouting out the area, you know, red, looking for a place ready to settle down for the evening to make camp, as it were. You hear what appear to be, just from, just from over a little hillock, you hear what appear to be gruff voices talking in slightly hushed tones. And you hear a voice say, Look, just hurry up and get those savages down into the cave. Callum will have your guts for garters if you don't, even if he does follow that woman. At which point another vo grizzled voice responds, huh, That's no woman, you wouldn't say that if you met her. That's the ghost. She's the most ruthless pirate on the seas. Don't you worry, you stand guard. I'll get these ice walker devils down to Callum in the cave. And then you hear like footsteps fading away into the distance. After a few moments, just from the side of this hillock, you'll be like... Tick, tick, tick. And you see like a little like wisp of smoke come up from just over the hillock. And you get the faint smell of tobacco sort of wafting over to where you're both standing. Obviously, you've got your henchmen with you, your cart, etc. Over to you guys. What's your take on that, Brock? Um, well, obviously sounds like people up to no good. Um, did you say they were just over sort of like a hillock type? Yeah, they're just over a very sort of shallow hillock. I mean, you're on the coast, so it's not like a massively steep hill. It's just um, like a, a gently rolling little hill. But obviously no line of sight or anything at this stage. No, so. there's no direct line of sight. They must be just over the lip of the hill, because obviously you saw the smoke from the guy's pipe, you presume. Well, 
I would suggest that we uh, sneak up and at least take a look uh, and assess the situation when we can get eyes on them. Numbers, etc. I'm more than willing to uh, sneak up and have a look. Yeah. Yeah, to be sure. We need, we need to figure out how many people we're dealing with here, regardless of what they're actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my barbarian's actually got move silently. Yeah, That's one do. of these things. Which I don't normally use. Well, now's your chance. We normally get other people <laughs> potentially more successful. So I'm going to hug the ground and sort of sliver up and try and get my head to just just look over the top of this hill. Yeah, no problem. Make me your move silently wrong. Right, yeah. Ooh. Nope. Okay, so you you sort of creep like on your stomach to the top of this hillock and as you peer over it you can see a man wearing like a, a ragged jerkin sort of a canvas trousers he's got a bit of a bit of like a headband or headscarf on against a sort of harsh winter sun he's got like a sort of fur waistcoat sort of pulled over him you see he stood there he's like holding his hands around his pipe as he's like trying to get a bit of warmth from him as he's like and just in front of him, you can see what appears to be a, a large sort of, looks like it's naturally occurring based on your sort of wilderness knowledge, like hot, jagged hole in the ground, probably just about wide enough for like a single person to fit through. You can see from the brush and um, branches scattered around it that it looks as though it was previously covered over. And in the sort of damp soils, obviously it's been raining for a little bit, you can see like shallow footprints as though someone recently went into the hole. But no sign of anyone else, no ice walkers? Not as far as you can see. Nothing like that. Just this one guy. But you're just about to turn around and sort of head back to one when your, your sort of foot accidentally knocks a stone and it like tumbles down the hill. I'm going to make a quick roll to see whether this guy yep. notices that. Or nervously look back towards this guy. Okay, you see, like, he does turn his head slightly to look in your direction. You see him, like, quickly like, knock out the tobacco out of his pipe against his leg. He reaches down next to him on the ground and you see him like lift up a crossbow and he starts out warily sort of he's obviously not directly spotted you but he's heard the noise and he's sort of warily like walking up the hill looking around with this crossbow in his hand well I'm going to do uh, a sort of on my back sort of shimmy down the, the hillock a little bit That's fine. and I'll sort of signal to the others sort of You know, try and signal that this guy's walking towards us, um, and I'll um, I'll try and as quietly as possible, sort of draw my sword, um, and just hug the the back of this hill, ready to sort of pounce if he does get to the top and sees yep. us. Drawing your sword quietly is not a problem. Obviously, you're in charge of the uh, 
your two hirelings so you can judge what they're doing what what's why am i doing you've seen sort of brock gesture that this guy's walking up the hill i'll um <clears throat> i'll give the rest a a nod and we'll sort of do that like hunker down sort of scurry along uh yep. towards brock Okay, that's absolutely fine. And after a while, you do indeed see like the the upper torso of this guy appear like over the rise. This sort of like grizzled, uh, sort of stubbly face as he's got as he sort of opened his mouth. You can see like the the brown tobacco staining on his teeth. He's holding this sort of like fairly like shabby looking crossbow in his hands, and you see he's like he's obviously looking around. He's heard something or something's alerted him. You see he's got like his crossbow ready in case he needs to fire it and he's like you can't see his legs yet but obviously he's still sort of like walking up the hill yeah. and he's having a quick look around from the tunic did i get anything from the tunic who he might be is it it, it just, standard? just appeared to be a, a fairly sort of bog standard like leather and cloth tunic no sort but, of symbols or any sort of no there were no like noticeable emblems or anything like that on it you, no. you can tell he's not an ice walker just due to his physical appearance. He looks like a normal human. Yeah. But there's nothing that really would make him stand out. And we didn't see any boats on the coastline or anything, did we, on the way? Because no. he sounded a bit like a pyro or something, didn't he? No, you didn't notice any boats nearby. Okay. Well, I, I'm... I've, I've convinced myself that he's up to no good, so if I think he's going to get high enough to spot any of us, I am just going to... You're pretty sure that when he reaches the top of that hill, and he'll, be, he'll effectively be looking down on you, so he will yeah. see you. So I'm getting in a position where I'll be able to sort of stab up at him if he, if he comes out high up, or if he doesn't and he turns around and goes back down, then I'll, I'll stay hidden. Okay. So I'm sort of preparing... Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, so he gets to the top, so walks with his crossbow, walks up to the top of this hill. He looks down, obviously he's clocked you guys, and you see him, he starts to, like, turn around and, like, go... But obviously, like, you guys are ready, so you get to act before he does that. He's seen you, and he's just obviously turning around, perhaps to shout somebody else or something like that. What do you guys want to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm literally just going to... Plow my sword into him. Go for it. Not very good. Okay, that's not enough, I'm afraid. Nope. So you, like, leap out to and swing your sword at him. However, obviously he'd spotted you and he was expecting any sort of like rocks back on his heels, sort of trying to bring the crossbow around. Yep. But obviously, the rest of you guys get to go. So, Brock, you can do your NPCs. Yeah. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll just do people's NPCs going on like that and just keep it simple. Yep. So, uh, Moffat will attack with his hand axe. Oh, he's as bad as I am. And Bjorn will do the same. So we sort of try and coordinate, but not very successfully by the looks of it. Not sure about that. No. Okay, that is a hit. Oh, that one so is. So 
what your hireling does manage to do him some damage, but it's literally like a grazing cut across his forehead, yeah. causing him to stumble back a little. However, since you guys have effectively got the surprise round, obviously, why more you and your hirelings get to go before this guy? Right, so longbow it is for Weimar. Uh, okay, that's interesting. I'll need to redo my macros, I think. They, uh, okay. Might be uh, a little bit messed up, but here we go. 17. Oof, well, that'll hit. Yeah, 19, actually. Uh, yeah. Okay, so would you like to describe how you cinematically dispatch this guy with your longbow? I think it's it's a, a case of because this this was a bit messy in execution. So yeah. and like we're busy like going forward to get to Brock. So it's it's a case of like oh shit now it's going down. So it's a sort of like shooting from the hip as much as you can with a longbow. Yeah, and um, it's a it's a good hit. It it grazes his throat just enough to nick uh, some some good veins, but it doesn't actually like the arrow just flies by him but it just like slices the uh the Indeed. neck open and that's what happens <laughs> the arrow's like straight past him you see him like he clamps his hand there he, he tries to call out obviously still intent on shouting his friends presumably but all that comes out is a sort of like wet burble as like blood starts running out of his mouth <laughs> and like around his hand then like, after a few moments his legs give out and he pretty much pitches forward on his face and like slides a few feet down the hill and like lies still with this like patch of blood spreading out from his neck. I think we'll uh, we'll scurry along to Brock as quickly as we can. And it's like, did you did you find anything? I'm I'm sorry I, I shot him, but you know. Well, no, he was definitely going to alert his well friends or whatever companions. Um, so I'll pull him this side of the hill. Yeah, you drag um, him down. It's not difficult. And I just really roughly just sort of try and cover up what blood was potentially noticeable but i mean it'd be a bit of a crude attempt um i'll say that there's a, an entrance or some sort of hole over there that they've obviously well it sounded like they've taken some ice walkers in there so i'm very keen to go and investigate what's going on and we're um i haven't seen anyone the, else we're getting the idea that they're not passengers per se right no um, That's kind of what I was picking up. Yeah. So can we can we check his body very quickly for any signs of any allegiance to anyone? Or what? You you check him over. He uh, you don't see anything obvious on his clothing or anything like that. Um, he has ten gold pieces in his pocket, which obviously you can take. He's got a crossbow. Uh, aside from that, at first you don't think there's really anything particularly like noteworthy about him however as you're sort of like ruffling through his clothes and sort of seeing what's gone on him you actually find that on his arm there is a, a sort of tattoo at the top of his arm and it's a very crude tattoo of a skull with a sort of cross like that underneath it almost like a plus sign underneath it and it appears to have been done in sort of it must have once been like red ink, but it's been like faded down to like a dull brown colour. 
sort of show everyone. Has, has anyone seen anything like this before? Look around the faces. There's a lot of like shaking of heads from your various people. Yeah. And well, I'll, I'll tell you what, bro, roll me a d12. I was going to say, do, I mean, is there such thing as pirates and such? Oh, yeah. That I've heard of? A two. Okay, I'm going to say the term. A, a couple of your hirelings have sort of heard rumours about pirates operating in the area and apparently have been since before the sort of first wave of like proper settlers came back to Valconan since they basically knew this place was like accessible long before anyone else did and apparently quite a few pirates used to like store stuff here which is now obviously becoming a bit of an issue because like settlers are coming and etc it's no longer just like a free space where they can like hide their loot and stuff like that but none of them are particularly scored on so like particular bands of pirates or anything like that but they're like oh yeah he's most likely a pirate that's probably the that's probably the emblem of whatever pirate band or group he belongs to they say because obviously being at sea and whatever can be pretty like hard wearing on clothes and stuff like that a lot of pirates they tend to get these tattoos on themselves rather than like wear like a, a flag or anything like that just because it's more permanent okay yep um well i mean yeah like i said before i'm keen to investigate there was sound of uh or talk of ice walkers being involved so i'd like to find out what that's all about um so i'm going to head over to this hole and sort of listen and look for any light from inside okay you look down through the hole and you can see it probably heads down maybe maybe 20 25 feet but you can see like a soft amber light coming from below so that you think probably like a lantern or something below you see like there's a sort of natural cave walls however there appears to already be sort of like two iron spikes hammered into the the edge of the hole like a rope ladder going down so they've obviously used this a few times to get access to it and is the light moving or is it the, the light appears to be stationary it's just like flickering slightly okay um so i mean are people happy to join me in investigating i'll ask the rest of the group yeah yeah well we're definitely i think it's probably a case of like everyone's sort of staying back a bit because you uh you know what you're doing and also we're talking about uh ice walkers so mm. you know there's a i think there's a bit of a deference here yeah yeah sort of letting you take the lead no problem how many of our retainers are actual ice walkers, John? Two. I think them. two, isn't it? Is it yeah, two? It's Beyond and um, Bullseye are ice okay. walkers. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to suggest that I go first, followed by those two, you know, to back me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if we do come across ice walkers, we'd hope to get a better yeah. response like. Do we do we want to have like a rear guard? Because I could be that. Uh, I could bring up the rear if we think that's necessary. Yeah, I mean, I've got no idea how, how big this place is, how many we're dealing with, or anything yet. Because um, yeah. there may be more around outside. I mean, that's 
All right. Or around. I think it. Here. I think it might be worth staying up top until we sort of just had a very quick assessment about if, if you pop in and send the word down, I'll I'll keep an eye out at the uh, precipice and you know. Yep. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's it. Uh, I'll I'll take up a post at the at the edge of this and um, I suppose the rest sort of file in yep. a little bit. Okay, no problems. I'll move you guys onto the map. I've dropped all the tokens on there for convenience later, but uh, don't worry too much about it. Obviously, we know where everyone is. Okay, yeah, so you head down into this natural-looking cave. You can see that nailed into a metal loop, like an iron loop, on the, the ceiling. A short distance away is a lantern, which is sending out this flickering golden light. As you look to your to the west of you you can see what appears to be a a very chipped and sort of old statue it appears to show some sort of like large serpent but it has almost like a like a leonine face with like feathers around it but the the statue appears to be like very weather worn and damaged it's quite damp down here in this cave and you can hear like the sound of sort of like dripping water coming from nearby in the in the sort of distance echoing through the corridor in front of you you can hear the sound of like distant footsteps and what sound like muffled voices and that's coming from the east is it yeah that's correct yeah and that what the we can see is that from that lantern's light or it is, is yeah. it any other light okay Um, can I take that lantern? Is it attached? It, it's it's just hooked through a metal loop. But yeah, you can take it. That's not a problem. Let me just uh, sort you out a light source for yourself. Just give me a moment. Might as well utilise that. Okay, so according to this, you should already have a light source on you anyway, so. So, yeah, so you, you've already got like a standard sort of like lantern no, cool. range set up on you, so you should be good. Yep. Yeah, I was just looking at this, this statue. I don't think it's been particularly well looked after or... No. I don't think it's any significance to these guys in any way. It, it doesn't look like it. It looks like it, maybe the cave was once used for something else. Yeah. But the, it certainly doesn't appear to have been cared for. Yeah. Okay. And is it anything I recognise? Any sort of religious... Well, yeah. You've, you're pretty sure it's um, it's a statue depicting one of the old gods. Oh, okay. Yep. 
Okay, well, if that's uh, if that's the situation that we can see, um, and I propose to move east a bit. Are these five or ten foot squares, these ones? They are five foot. Okay. So I'm going to move up to... Okay. So it doesn't go north or south or anything, it just continues east. So I just want to get to the edge of, or the beginning of the new room, just to see if I can see anything. Yeah, that is absolutely fine. And as you're, as you sort of peer in, you can see there's obviously that further lanterns hung up in this larger cave that it leads to. You can see what appears to be a grizzled looking figure. He's wearing like chain mail, breeches, etc. And he appears to be like pushing a number of like children who from a physicality look to be like ice walkers like in front of him. He's just like pushing them. They appear to be heading eastwards through this large cavern. Stood in the centre of the cave is what appears to be a a large man with a grey beard wearing pretty much your, your standard sort of like pirate captain-y style gear you know long leather coat that sort of thing he's stood there and he's like go, he's like, go on get him into the pen with the rest of them you, you hear the the guy with chainmail sort of reply in the affirmative and he's like again this grizzled grey bearded figure shouts go on hurry up with you you know what she'll do if, if we're late you scurvy landlubber at which point the, the, the other fellow is like pushing these kids is like yeah yeah alright 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 he's like go on go, get on with you go on and obviously these like kids and you can see like basically they're sort of like roped together are sort of like sobbing and stumbling along as he's like pushing them eastwards yeah so they're they're heading in that eastward eastward direction yeah yeah okay uh, well at this point i mean brock's blood's going to be bubbling and boiling but um he's going to hold it together just long enough to head back and report what he's found and suggest that someone gets Weimar to come down here because it's about to kick off. Okay, yeah, so one of the henchmen sort of like climbs up the ladder just enough to like poke their head out, gestures to you, Weimar, and says, uh, mm -hmm. Oh, Brock says you should get down here. I think it's all about to kick off. Yep, yeah, I will do so definitely. So, yeah, no problem. You head down the ladder, you see the little cave much as I've described it. So, I mean, it'd be s s definitely noticeable that Brock's sort of containing himself as best as possible. It'll be sort of paid while he's waiting for Weimar to get down a few stairs or steps or ladder, whatever it is. Um, and he's sort of just, he's about to burst. So he's, he's waiting. And as soon as Weimar comes down, he's like, what are we going to do? can only see two of them but they've got a bunch of ice walker kids and they're putting him into some sort of prison or cage only two there has to be more right it can't be three people operation well, he was talking about someone else or some woman I think 
Well, uh, we can't really scout for their numbers, I guess. So how do you want to do this? Do you want uh, bust in, take them out, deal with whatever comes up next? Well, they've got lanterns in the, the cave. So if we leave this lantern here, then we can use what cover we've got until we find them in their la- in their light, use mm. their light to sort of guide us and try and catch them off guard. Um, do you think they're, and I'll look around the others, do you think they're despicable enough to use the children as some sort of bargaining? Bulls eyes like wow if they're if they're pirates uh, I, I would think so yeah I mean they're they're not exactly known for caring about anyone other than themselves and obviously you can see like Bjorn and like Bullseye are like pretty much raring to go as well being ice walkers themselves so I suggest um me and uh, Bjorn basically try and secure the children or get between the children and these these scum whilst you guys with ranged weapons can try and take them out with the uh, the use of the darkness shooting into the light maybe it's, it's, as uh, best as possible yeah no. and you all take shields and uh, try and cover the cages is it what are the cages made of I didn't actually get to see the cages, did I? Mm. No. He didn't say. Yeah. It's that or try and sneak past mm. and get to the cages first and try and secure. I think pr- probably rush in, just shock them, take them down. Okay. Because we, we don't know what's in there, so... If we don't take this lantern, John, where does the, the light sort of extend to in that main that main sort of cavern, whatever? It's sort of ex- in the, the cavern you're in at the minute, it sort of extends to about here. But if I sort of sneak up to that point, is, is this little bit in front of me in darkness so that we can use it as a bit of, sort of cover? Yeah, or? yeah it's it. I mean, obviously, there's the stray light being cast from all the lanterns in here, but yeah, it's it's quite dim in this bit. So we can try and sort of prepare in that area and see what we can see and see if there's any more walking about and yeah, make a bit of a plan. So I'm I'm going to get to to here and bring everyone else up and then use that light there to see what we can see. So it, it is what we see there. Just the one guy there now. Yeah. However, as you see in there, you hear another voice from somewhere else in the cave shout out, Boss, how much longer we got to be here for? And he's like, you see this like grey-bearded figure like turns around and he looks to like the northeast, so sort of in this direction. And he's like, don't worry about it. This is the last lot. Once we've got them in the boat, we can get out of here. get him into the boat so that that means there's some sort of underground river or something do we think that they're probably loading a, him into probably a grotto or something they, they might have a small 
vessel inside. So, time is definitely of the essence, or else they're just gonna. Hmm, and we probably have fear. to. We're gonna have to deal with the boat as well. I well, guess. Say, yeah. Yeah, go on. No. Uh, I was just thinking it, it's going to be about speed, isn't it? Because mm. they'll see trouble kicking off uh, over here. Push the boat to water. We can't chase them. So, so what if uh, yourself and Bullseye and anyone else that's got range sort of basically stands where we are at the moment and me and Bjorn try and sort of hug the outside use the, the dim light and stuff and see if we can get around I don't know how much sure. light that, that lantern's given off but we can try it sure and if if they see us you can let fly and mm -hmm. we'll run and try and secure the boats if we get through then we might get a bit more of an advantage Let's go with that. So I'll be here with Bullseye. We're going to have the bows ready to go. I'll take Bjorn with, with me. And we're, we're trying to hug that sort of eastern side of the cave, John. Okay. And try and sort of sneak along there. I don't know how high up that light comes. Um, but we're going to try and, yeah, hug the wall as much as possible and see if we can get around the corner and see what we can see. Okay, that's absolutely fine. Make me a move silently roll, bro. Okay. Oof, that don't look good either. Okay, so unfortunately you, you're not very quiet. I mean, it's quite difficult with all the loose rocks and rubble and stuff like that. But as you move around the corner, obviously you made a bit more noise than you intended to. The, the grey-bearded figure with the the wide brimmed sort of tricorner hat who stood in the centre of the cave. He, he looks in your direction. He, you see, like, he's, he's, like, peering. He's obviously not actually seen you yet. He's just sort of heard the noise. And he's like, Jones, is that you? Get a move on. Are we, like I say, are we in light at that point? Or is he just sort of going by sound only he seems to just be going by the sound you see he's obviously like squinting like trying to see you but presumably if he had seen you he would have known that you're not yeah yeah this jones is all right so I'll, I'll make some shuffling noises as if i'm sort of trying to hurry up a bit and i'll grab bjorn and sort of grunting a bit and i'll just carry on and hug this wall he's like He's like, yeah, let's see your lip, Jones. Come on, we ain't got all day. We've got this last consignment to get to the boat. And then we've got out. You know what she'll do if we're too late with him? Uh, so I'm sort of on this corner, I guess. That's where I'm trying to go. Okay. No problems. As you sort of move further in, hugging the wall, you can see there's a number of these lanterns sort of on poles throughout the... The cave, obviously, this is something of an operation. They've sort of like lit the caverns. You can see there's obviously this grey-bearded figure. There's a couple of, at least three other figures that you can see sort of stood around him. Obviously, the floor's fairly uneven here and here. 
as you look across to the east just here you can see that in a sort of passageway branching off from this main sort of cavern it looks as though someone's built like a very crude like wooden plank wall to sort of block off the cavern and then there's like a very crude sort of like wooden door that they've obviously built into it as like a sort of a makeshift way of like walling off part of this cave system perhaps mm-hmm. is it is it bars so you can see through it or is no, it no it's just like a solid wooden door Alright. You can see the you can see the guy who's stood in front of it, he has like a what piece of like a large bunch of like metal keys like hanging on his belt above his britches and he's holding a crossbow, he's like stood there sort of looking around. Uh and is there any movement at this point? Any sort of children being moved around or the door's shut now, is it? The the door is shut. Um you can see there's like a shallow sort of groove in the stone, so it's obviously been open and shut quite a lot. So over the years, presumably, and you can hear sort of a slight sort of like muffled like knocking or banging sound from the other side of the door, but obviously you don't know what it is, and there's no sort of view window in the door. But do I hear any what I'm assuming are pirate voices from the other side of the door? I'd say you can hear maybe like a maybe a snatch of a muffled voice, but you're too far away to really tell it distinctly. However, as you watch, you see the guy who stood in front of the door, the one who has the keys on his belt. He like bangs on the door and then sort of putting his face really close to it. He shouts, "Hurry up! Start bagging it up! We're going to be moving out soon." And you hear like a from the other side of the door. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to do this. It ain't going to get completely messy. Um, just because of the amount of sort. Of ground we've got to cover and I don't think I'm stealthy enough to take this guy out just ahead of me and work round um, can I see this guy just to the sort of northeast of me yeah is he, look, is he looking in our direction you can see he's he's pretty much like the other people with crossbows. He's surveying the cave. He's obviously on whatever passes for like lookout duty. They appear to have like a number of people spaced out throughout the cave, and presumably more people in this sort of sectioned off bit of the cave just beyond to the east. Yep. At which point the the grey bearded figure shouts, "Right, you lot!" We're going to be moving out soon. He points at the person with the keys and he's like, Help Smith with the bagging up. Then you go and uh, get them and tell them, to, tell them to bring them urchins down to the boat. We'll see you there. Once everyone's gathered, we'll move out. And he starts like walking towards the southern end of the cave. Okay. Uh, with that new bit of information i'm wondering if they're going to bring them out and take them down to the south so i'm gonna try and just duck around this corner and just like hug the wall and just watch that lanterned area to see if i can see anything from any movement from that doorway okay so what you see is the person with the keys goes up to the door to take one of the keys out like unlock the door they swing it open step through 
and the door shuts behind them. However, when it's open, for a few moments, you glimpse beyond it into like another sort of small cave, what appears to be another one of these like pirates, who appears to be sort of like shoving gold and like various different items into like large Hessian sacks. And as just as the door swings shut and like you lose sight of it, the person with the keys you say, Oh, Callum Samit, give you a hand with the bagging up. And then just from beyond the door, just as it swings shut, you hear like the sound of someone banging on wood and him going like, Stop moving him out. And then the door. Well, I'm hoping they're coming through this, this cavern, but what do you think? Do you think they're coming through this cavern or they're working behind the door in the sort of another area? So I guess you would be talking to uh, Bjorn. Well, I mean, at this at this stage, yeah. But I mean, we're not far from you, but... Hmm. Um... Um... They're moving south. They're going to bring him into this room and move him south where we can sort of jump him or I can't tell if they're potentially moving him out behind that door and we don't know that that's happening. The other guys are still staying in this room, are they? On watch. They appear to be doing so at the moment as though they're sort of like basically covering the retreat for yeah. their fellows. Yeah. So, yeah, they will definitely bring them to the door here, right? The plank wall. Yeah. You think they bring them out and take them south? Yeah. I think we're better to wait then. Because, uh,. Yeah, hopefully they'll start to lead out so there'll be less numbers, at least to start with, and obviously they can try and reinforce it later, but if we take the sort of rear guard and work our way... Are you I mean, proposing it's, it's, let them come up here and then start working? Well, I think them, they're going or? south because the leader's gone off to the south. He's heading These down These two are there. staying over here. What are they guarding? I think it's just the treasure that's still behind that door. I'm guessing. I mean, I haven't seen any sign of the children yet, have I? No. And I haven't heard any sort of screams or crying or. Now, aside from the brief glimpse you saw of them earlier when they were being like herded towards that door in the east. But they were going that way, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. I can only assume they're going to try and ransom them off or something. Well, whoever the taskmaster is, uh, he's probably not going to be far off from uh, his paycheck. So, well, commission, whatever we would call it. Um, hmm. What do you want to do? Well, like I say, it's, it's whether they're coming back into this room and, and going down to the south, which is what I think they're going to do. I, I'm going to hold here for another couple of minutes and just see what you know what progresses, what happens. 
ready to just charge across this room. Okay, no problems. So you get yourself in readiness. And after a few minutes, again, you hear the gruff voice of this bearded fellow who appears to be called Callum. You hear him from where he's moved south. You hear him shouting, Go on, get in that boat, damn you. So he's talking to people down at the boat side. Okay. Then you hear he's obviously like talking to somebody else next to him and he's like, he's like, oh, call yourself pirates. They're only little. Throw them in the boat. Lift them up and throw them in if you have to. Okay. With that then, um, I'm going to now use the west wall and I'm going to try and hug that west wall and work my way down to the south. Obviously, there's a lantern there, but there's not a lot I can do about it. Okay, again, make yourself a, a move silently roll. That's a bit better. Okay, yep, so you managed to, so in the flickering shadows of this lantern light, you managed to creep along the wall unseen, so feel free to move yourself. So, uh, if I just move sort of one movement, that'll get me to there, I think. Yeah, that's absolutely so made that. Uh And then I'm just going to continue to basically hug that wall with Bjorn. Uh, which I've lost. Okay, you, uh, you want Beyond moving down to you, yeah? Yeah, he's going to go with me, yeah. Okay. Thank you. No um, so do I, need, do I make a check every sort of 20 foot or...? It'll be sort of every work? time you're sort of... You're getting near to a light source, because that's going to be most noticeable. Okay. Okay, so Weimar, what are you doing when all this is going on? Uh, we're still having the bows at the ready, but we're shuffling along here. Uh, to um, to be ready if they actually do spot our vanguard. Okay, no problems. So as you're doing this, from the south, there is a little bit of a commotion, and you hear Callum's voice shout, What are you doing, man? God, don't let her get away! And then you see a a young woman with red hair, obviously an ice walker, so covered in like minor injuries, basically come running into the cave here. Mm -hmm. She looks like she's been knocked around a fair bit. She's not had a particularly good time. As she comes running in, sort of like looking around, a bit of panic on her face, perhaps looking for a weapon or something like that. You see the three pirates who are situated around this, like raising their crossbows up and like lining them up on her. Okay. Well, with that then, I've I've got no no choice i'm gonna run towards the the nearest one to her and i'm gonna just launch my spear at him as i run across the cavern yeah no problems uh so i'll just move first yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's right one two three four yeah and spear 
So that's medium range. Mm -hmm. That's no penalties, is it? No. No. Okay, so I'm just gonna yeah, I'm gonna start running across and I'll I'll gesture for Bjorn to join me. Yep, so you know. hear like shouts of surprise from the pirates as obviously you sort of you've dropped the pretense of subtlety and you sort of run across. Yeah. And uh I'm gonna launch it towards this this guy over here. Go for it. It's enough to hit. Didn't do a lot. So you hurl your spirit to this crossbow-wielding pirate. It only causes them a little bit of damage, but it does appear to sort of like throw them off their game, so to speak. So, so they weren't really expecting a, a sort of Nordic barbarian to come out like, charging out of the darkness and hurl a spear at them. And you hear like a shout of alarm as this spear like grazes this guy. Okay, obviously yeah. the rest since the rest of you have effectively got a surprise, you you get to act first. Um Yeah, so I'm gonna continue heading towards but I won't be able to reach them. But can I just spend my whole movement right to them basically and just engage them to stop stop them attacking this woman. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. So I shall move up to there. Um And I'm going to ask Bjorn to try and get her out, basically, or get her towards the others. Yeah, so Bjorn runs over to this uh, obviously already like injured woman. He quickly, so she sees he's an ice walker, so she's like more well disposed towards him. Although initially she looks like quite frightened as he like runs out of the darkness, but he just sort of like nods at her and then he like throws one of her arms over her shoulder and starts like sort of lifting her up as best he can to try and help her get away from the safety. Yep. You can see she's like she looks quite sort of like malnourished and she's got numerous minor injuries over herself, so she's not in a good way. Yep. Okay, why not? The old double mute. That's the, that's the worst kind of mute. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's intense. Um, right, so I've got. Mm -hmm. Need to revise my. So I've engaged one of them, but there's obviously these other two. So. John, it says on the sheet here, um, encounter movement rate 15. Is that three squares? Yeah, that's 15 feet, three squares, yeah. I'm slow. It's that peg lag, man. Although, ironically, you probably quite fit in looks-wise in this sort of... Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Just need a hook. You're probably more pirate looking than half the pirates in here. <laughs> yeah. Give him a hook. Well, I knew that this guy was going to be here because uh, we talked about it. So we're going to try and shoot them, I think, because, yeah, 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 we'll both shoot this one. Okay. Uh, Bullseye isn't burdened with uh, movement restrictions, so we're going to take up positions here. We knew as we were stepping around that we need to deal with these guys, so we're going to shoot and... Uh, 
Here it goes, longbow. Boom. Oh, that's terrible damage. Keep rolling ones. It, yeah. it hits, but again, it's only a sort of glancing blow on this guy. Yep, and then shortbow. It's a hit. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of <laughs> arrows fly out towards this guy. He pretty much like throws himself back against the the wall of the cave, and the arrows sort of like skim across his chest. You see like a, a couple of like little splatters of blood, but like nothing life threatening at the moment. Okay, so we're going to move on to the NPCs. So it's three pirates with crossbows, although one of them is going to be attacking in melee because he's been engaged with Brock. So, I'm going to have one shoot at Bullseye. Which doesn't do anything. One shooting at Weimar. Which is a 14. Which obviously doesn't beat your armor class. So a couple of crossbow bolts fly in your direction, but you manage to dodge. I um. Let me check something. Yeah, fourteen just hits. Does it? it yeah, I um I had my shield on, which obviously I wouldn't with with the bow in my hand. So okay, in which case you take a mighty two points of damage as one of these crossbow bolts grazes your good leg. Okay, then we'll do the, the one who is fighting against Brock, and he draws basically like a short sword from his belt and just like lashes out at you, Brock. Okay, yep. And with a mighty roll of eight, he fails to hit you, you sort of like parry his blows. Okay, over to you guys. Well, I mean, I'm going to obviously attack this one in, in melee combat. Uh, so I shall swing at him. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, so describe how you take this guy down. Yeah, so he's obviously fumbling quite badly. He's dropped his crossbow. Yeah. Uh, he's took out his cutlass or short sword, whatever. Um, and he's on a bit of a, a ridge up there. Yeah. By the looks of it. Um, so I've just come running at him and I've basically sort of hit him with my sword, but hasn't done too much damage. But as I've done that, I've sort of barreled into him and he's falling back and he just cracked his head open basically on the rocks behind him. Yeah, he's borne back under your towering sort of muscle and you basically smash him down into the rocks. His body spasms for a few moments and then he lies still. Okay, obviously you've got um, Bjorn to do as well. Yeah. Do Did I just move him normal pace or? Yeah, that, that's absolutely fine. Move him normal pace and I'll move the um, the woman up with him. Yeah. I think it's 20. Yeah. Okay, now as you're sort of getting a bit nearer to the the southern edge of the cave brock sort of from the south 
you can just faintly hear what you think is the sound of waves. Okay. Uh, I'm 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 trying to tune in for where these children are. Um, Bjorn will ask the woman, "Where are the Where are the others? Where are the ice wall?" She she points towards the the south and said, "They they were they were keeping us in a." In a cell back there, there's a there's another passage. They, they they've got a boat down there. Uh, that that way leads to the sea, and she sort of points down towards the south. Okay. Um, am I able to make my move then this turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just start heading in that direction to investigate. Okay, no problems. Right, one more. Mm. Yeah, I'll um, tap bullseyes. Go, go, keep going. And uh, he will. Um, with a movement rate of of more than I have. So it's one, two, three. There we go. And um, he will also, as we go, I think he'll actually, before going, just take another shot at this guy. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. shoot before. Mm, yeah. So, let's see, where are we? Short boat. Okay, so um, he, he snaps off a shot, but obviously with him running through the cave and trying to keep his footing, he doesn't manage to land it on target. And uh, I will... step here and uh, shoot this okay. one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Great. It's still a hit. Oh. Blimey. They're, they're, they're not very well armoured. They're just like no. guys in like jerkins. And that is enough to finish this pirate off. So as you as you start running up the sort of like the rise towards them, your bow out, you drop down on one knee, fire off an arrow. It hits them dead center in the chest, and they sort of crumble down to the floor. Their their crossbow slipping out of their lifeless hands. A point of order: Where is Hannibal Purdy? I, I think I lost track of him. They're um, they're back near the entrance cave. I, I can bring them in if you want. That's not a problem. Yeah, to the um, at least around here. The entrance bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bring in Abel Moffat as well. There we go. Okay, so on to the NPCs. There is a creak as the door to the east opens and the figure that you saw head through there earlier. Brock comes running out, crossbow drawn. You also hear through the open door 
like the sound of shouting and footsteps sort of getting a little bit nearer there's presumably more pirates are coming to aid their fellows following the alarm being raised Okay, so we've got two pirate, so one pirate is involved in here, who's near to Brock, and another pirate is near to Weimar. So I'm going to do, I'll do one shooting at Brock. Mm -hmm. Okay, a crossbow bolt hits you for one damage, Brock, scoring okay. a shallow cut across you. And then we'll do the, the one who's a bit further north against Weimar. And again, another crossbow bolt zings out of the shadows, slicing across your shoulder for one hit point of damage, Weimar. Over to you guys. Okay. Um, well, Bjorn's going to basically hand this woman over to Moffat. So he's going to basically come with me down to the south, hopefully with Bullseye. So going to just, he's going to tell her to sort of join the others up at the, the entrance to the cavern there. Uh, so he's going to move down. Okay, that's absolutely he's, fine. He's just going to run down here, uh, which is where I'm going. So what's, what's the scene as I come into this? Okay, so as you head into the cave to the south, you can see in front of you there is what appears to be an underground sort of inlet that leads to the sea. You can see the waves a short distance beyond the cave. There is a small boat, like a small wooden rowing boat, pulled up into the cave. You can see there are what appear to be five very small children sort of huddled in one corner of the boat. There's two muscular-looking pirates who are sort of like each taking a side of the boat and slowly like pushing it into the water. There's this Callum, this bearded man who stood there like, yeah, go get the boat into the water. And then there's also another pirate wearing sort of chainmail who's like obviously like watching the cave and like sees you approaching and sort of shouts as you run up as his fellows are like pushing the boat into the water. Yeah, so as I move down... I'm just gonna um, try and um, s well bring this guy down, this muscly guy that's trying to push the boat into the water. I'm trying to cut him down so that he he can't get the boat going. Uh, so I'm just gonna take a hack at him. Go for it. Ooh, that'll do it. Okay, yeah. So spurred on by the. The righteous fury of the ice walkers. Would you like to describe how, with one mighty swipe, you take this muscular guy down? Yes, I just, I just come charging in, two-handed sword. Uh, obviously, Brock, he's, he's quite sort of red-faced, especially for ice, ice walker at this point, where he's, he's got his rage up and his uh, hatred towards these guys, even though he doesn't really know of them. Um, so he's just gonna chop into this guy's leg it's just gonna fall into the water um 
and he's just going to get sort of swept into the sea, basically, struggling and just bleeding out. And that, indeed, that's what happens. It's like a sheltered inlet, so he's not like immediately swept out. But as he falls in, you can see his body sort of like bobbing up and down, face down in the water, as you hack him down. So that leaves the other muscular-looking parent, the one with the chainmail, and obviously Callum, and there's these these small children huddled in the boat, so trying to press themselves into the side of the boat. Has it temporarily sort of slowed down the, the boat going into the water? Or? Yes, it definitely has. As this first guy's falling, you see the guy with, like, cha- wearing the chainmail, the woman like the shield icon on him, He's like trying to like grab hold of the boat, but obviously he's going to step over the body and like he sort of pushes it further into the water with his foot to get it out of the way. And he's like grabbing hold of the boat, but he's like literally just grabbed hold of it now. He's he will be able to on a following turn start moving it again, but for the moment you've arrested its progress. Okay. Okay. Why not? So. Uh... I'll motion for Purdy to um, just go as well. As I go as well. Can he take a shot at this guy? I'm not sure how the it's obviously not representative of no no i I would say yes in this situation because obviously they're moving around they're trying to move the boat they're not all stood Mm. in static positions so he'd be sort of like waiting for like a shot on that guy and then when he gets his target it up so yeah i'd say yeah so he's gonna he's gonna give it a go let's see how that goes not very well because it's a very moving target so Indeed, I'm going to say he's literally just about ready to fire his shot off when the one of the sort of like children like stands up a little bit in the boat and he obviously doesn't take the shot. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to hit the kid. It's a case of the like. <sighs> okay, well I. Yeah. So he's so he's still got his arrow notched, but he's like I've I've missed my opening. I've got to wait for like another one. Yeah. And uh, I will go one two. Three. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I'll shoot this guy. Could have used a hit. But... Okay, yeah, so obviously, given your sort of a uh your mobility limitations, you're sort of struggling to keep your footing on this uneven, rocky, sort of multi-level floor of this cave, so you're finding it quite difficult. Okay, any more for any more? Does Purdy have a... No. Oh, can Purdy run? Yeah. Okay. If, if he so doesn't he's... want to attack, he can just move double his No, move. no, he, he only has an axe, so one, two, three, four. He's he's pelting it. Where's the boat? Okay, no problems. So we go on to the NPCs. So these two are going to run up and attack you. 
and we're going to have some more coming out of the the door here okay however they've basically the three that have just come out they've run to get there so they're not going to get to do an attack this turn okay so we'll start with the two attacking Wymot obviously they've, they've sort of dropped their crossbows they're going with short swords okay first one misses second one misses so they run out and they they sort of flail at you wildly with these short swords sort of lashing out and like giving it the like as they're like lashing out however you served in the armed forces back in Stone. you can tell that these are sort of like rowdy tavern brawlers rather than like disciplined fighters so although you're pretty sure they could do you some damage if they hit you manage to evade or parry their blows because you can tell they're not sort of soldiers they're more sort of like buccaneers and brawlers okay so down here Callum is going to step up to Brock as he does so he draws what appears to be a, a sort of quite a, a long sword that has like a, a bluish white blade on it and as he draws it he goes oh and Lake Finder here will be the last thing you ever see and he lunges towards you swinging this blade I'm assuming your AC is higher than 11. 16. Yep, so for all his bravado and his, ah, oh, this blade's going to be the last thing you ever see, he lunges towards you and you're just like, and just like parry his blow. There's a brief shower of sparks that sort of dance across the wall of the caves and you do that bit, you know, where he's trying to press your weapon close and you're like, hit the contest. But he doesn't manage to sort of land a damaging blow on you but sort of over his shoulder as you're tussling you can see the chainmail wearing pirate is now in position and they've slowly started to like move the boat again okay on to you guys so rock um so what i'm gonna do is can i move to here to sort of allow bjorn to run past and try and stop him yeah oh yeah because also you're moving around in combat so you just be like moving as you're fighting that's fine. So, so he's going to come down and try and attack this sort of um, muscly, sort of unarmoured guy. Yep, go for it. With his with his hand axe. Uh, what's that? Okay, so you do manage to hit him. However, it doesn't do an awful lot of damage. It's a death of a thousand cuts we're going through today. Is, is that guy close enough for me to have a swing at him as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and fend off this 
captain or whatever he is whilst trying to stop him taking the boat so I'm gonna sort of turn and, and try and take down this muscly pirate instead Yeah, no problem. You have like taken him down, but good. You literally parry a blow from Callum, and as you do, you spin round, slicing a deep cut into the midriff of this guy who's sort of like coming up behind you with his short sword. He lets out a, a sort of strangled scream and falls backwards with a loud splash into the salt water. Oh, uh. I've got Moffat up the top. He's going to come forward to try and assist Weimar. Okay. Um, he can't actually get there and he hasn't got a ranged weapon, so he's just going to engage this guy here. Okay. Not a problem. So he runs across. Take some of the heat off. Yeah. Good call. Okay, Weimar. Okay, um, gonna switch to uh, take out the shield, and then the dramatic reveal of the sun sword. Indeed, the cavern is suddenly blazoned in the golden light of the morning sun as you draw the sun sword, and this loud, like booming voice is like, "Now we'll see what's what here, you pirate scum." I'll, I'll give this one a, a what for. Uh, let's see. Okay. No! Damn it. <laughs> no! Okay, perhaps warned by the exclamation of the sun sword. Like, literally, as you draw it out, this pirate's like already like throwing himself to one side. So as you swing it in a glittering, sort of daylight-strewn arc... He throws himself to one side. And um, I think I'll, uh, I'll... I'll sort of advance as I do uh, the, like, swing in, and uh, I'll sort of, like, step around him uh, a little bit, bring up the shield to maybe block his next blow. And I'll, I'll need to remember to equip that now. So, yeah. And um, um, I've got Bullseye as well. So Bullseye's coming in. Switching the bow out for his, uh, I think he has an axe. Yes, he does. Yeah, hand axe. Yeah, hand axe and shield. Yeah, so that that all So um, he's going to try and tag this guy with the hand axe. Well then, Oof. that would be a bullseye. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> That's max on both dice. Yeah, so Bullseye steps up and he delivers like a horrendous blow to this Callum. He seems like a little bit tougher than the rest, so it doesn't like take him down in a wanna. But you can see there's like a deep sort of wound in his side where Bullseye's like sunk his axe in and then pulled it out. You can see like blood sort of seeping down the down his grey cloak and onto his breeches as he sort of like staggers back, one hand holding his sword, the other like clasped against the wound in his side as he's like yeah, I think I um, there's there's that same kind of like it's a it's an ugly grim determination that probably Brock has and Bullseye has it too 
uh, and like when it goes in with the with the axe, slips in between the ribs, comes back all bloody. I think Bullseye is getting into the spirit of things now. Yeah, you're getting down. So he's like, takes the axe, is like, like licks it a bit, like, yeah, I got the taste for you now. And he's coming in with the second. Callan staggers back and he's like, you <laughs> damn ice walker savages. <laughs> Okay, any more for any more before the NPCs go? You've got your other one, and you? Oh, yeah, uh, Birdie is, is also coming in. Uh, one, two, three. Oh, you're not, you're um, not worried about all them lot at the top? Well, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I guess seeing the like Bullseye is just wading in and just knocking Kellum about, like, <laughs> it's, it's no... <laughs> it's nothing. Uh, I guess Birdie might be... Um, I just think it might be better to reinforce. So yeah. one, it's going to do a bit of a, like this. One, two. Yeah, it's, it's coming over there. Okay, that's absolutely fine. Okay, so we'll go on to the NPCs then. So these three are going to run across. I'm going to one go for because he's running up now so we've got the two on Weimar again both using short swords first one misses second one misses so they have again they swing at you but they're so such undisciplined fighters that you don't have any trouble parrying their blows Okay, so the two on Moffat. Oof. Okay, so I'll deduct a couple of hit points off Moffat as he gets shanked by one of these short swords. The second one on Moffat. Okay, luckily for him, despite his injury, he is able to evade the second blow. So now the one on Purdy. Hits. Okay, so you hear a scream as Hannibal Purdy goes down as he gets shanked by one of these pirates. Who literally comes in under his guard and like jabs the short sword up between his ribs. More fury. Okay, so I'm gonna move on to the the guy with the chainmail down at the bottom who is gonna attack Bjorn. However, he misses, and then we're gonna go on to last of all, Callum. However, what he's trying to do is he's not trying to injure you so much, uh, Brock. He's basically trying to, like, force his way past you towards the water. So, okay. basically, what I'm going to say is if we both make a strength check, yep. obviously, if he succeeds and you fail, he's made it past you. Okay. He's failed anyway, but... 
okay you have succeeded so i'm going to say if you wish you can cause him d3 damage as he's trying to sort of push past you you know you're getting like a cheeky shot or something like that would certainly love to cause him d3 damage only one still every little counts yep. so yeah he's trying to shoulder barge his way past you obviously in a bit of a panic now he's been injured trying to get to the water and you sort of push him back catching him with the tip of your weapon as you do so yeah i just i grimace at him and just you're going nowhere and just pin him back yeah no problem he's now trapped in the unenviable position between yourself and bullseye you can see he's like got a bit of a look of panic on his face he's like he's sort of like glancing around obviously trying to look for like where he can go but there is nowhere he can go he's got to go past one of you if he wants to go anywhere but before he gets a chance to do that it's over to you guys again okay um yeah well i'll, I'll go first i'll attack this this captain guy and see how that goes before Bjorn. Oh, curses yeah no dice unfortunately um, and I think Bjorn will basically turn and sort of defend himself against this uh, chainmail guy. Okay. That's attacking him. It would make more sense for him to do that. And have his back towards him. Ooh, no. Okay, so Bjorn lashes out at him over the blow, sort of scrapes off the chainmail that the guy's wearing over his shirt and doesn't seem to cause him any damage. Mm -hmm. Okay, one more. Alright, so um, up here um, these two uh, currently menacing me, they, they seem to be they're, they're both with, you know, short swords. Yep. yep. Um, swing at this one. Okay. Praise Gale. Yes. That's bad. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, would you like to describe how you like literally annihilate this person where they stand? <laughs> Is this um uh like a stick with a with a lantern on it? Yep. So I want to say like we're we're fencing back and forth and he sucks. So he's a bit yeah. wild. So he ends up like grabbing it and he's like, oh, I've got a like a thing I can fend this guy off now. And uh, I want to say like he's like taking actually taking the lantern uh, with him and using it as like you fight me. And, yeah, he's, um, he's like grab the pole with the lantern yeah. and he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like oh, 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 back, back, because he's got reach now. But um, <laughs> I've got a sun sword. So like hit the, um, the lantern and just the oil just ignites spews on him and there's a, a brief but horrifying scene where it's like burning from head to toe it's like ah! it's real shrieking <laughs> and indeed that's what happened so brock from where you are back in you sort of hear this horrendous scream you glance upwards back into the main cave and for a few moments like illuminated by this like burning sort of like almost wicker man-esque like shadow within this fire you see this like figure flailing around on fire ah, 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 runs around for like 
what seems like ages, but in reality is probably only a few moments before just like the pain and the shock yeah. kicks in and it just like falls to the ground, still burning. And uh, Bullseye could because uh, rest in peace, Purdy. Uh, your your watch is ended. Um, uh, Bullseye is gonna he, he started with it, and he's gonna stick with this sort of like intimidation shtick, with his no doubt done many a time to uh, non ice workers, where he's like, "Oh, I'm the bad wild man. Come at me!" <laughs> and, uh, so um, he's like spinning his axe around, like dancing. Is like, "Yeah, I got you now, boy. You're in the trap." And um, yeah, he's, he's gonna take another swing. And axe, melee, yes. Come on, no. Well, he, he, it goes overboard with the theatrics. It's it's more about the the swinging rather than the hitting. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you say, he's got a bit carried away with his intimidation, so he, he doesn't manage to land a blow yet on Callum. Okay, any more for any more before we go on to the NPCs? Okay. Oh, I've got. Um, oh, sorry, I've got. I'll muff it up the top. That's I? all right. Go for it. Yeah. Um, so he's going to attack the one directly in front of him. Okay. To the, to the east. Uh, I forgot him. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So Moffat hacks down one of these pirates with his hand axe. He falls to the floor screaming and then nice. dies. Okay, so on to the NPCs and I'm actually going to make a morale check for them because a lot of them have died. Which they have succeeded in. Okay, so I'm going to move here. The one who has finished off Purdy is going to come up to assist his fellow with Moffat. And then we've still we've got another one coming out through the door here. Although that's their entire turn. So we've got one attacking Weimar with a short sword. Again, you parry it with the greatest of ease with the sun sword. And then we've got two attacking Moffat. Okay, yeah, Moffat goes down. As these two pirates just sort of overbear him and start and stab him repeatedly with their short swords. Okay. So then we've got the chainmail guy down here who's going to attack Bjorn. Okay, yeah, Bjorn goes down as this chainmail guy just like hacks him down to the stone slick floor of the cave. And then we've got Callum who is... I'm just going to make a random roll because he could attack either of you. Uh, so one to three, it's bullseye. Okay, so he's attacking you, Brock. Okay. So let me just go to his sheet. 
And he's attacking you with this strange sort of like blue and white tinted sword. Hmm. Which he, miss, he misses. It's a tad so he swings the sword towards you, and it's you duck. It strikes the cavern wall behind you. There's a shower of sparks. Although one thing you do notice that is interesting is, as he sort of pulls the sword away from where he struck the wall of the cave, the wall of the cave appears like wet, as though like someone had like splashed water on it, and it like wasn't before he swung the sword into it. Hmm. But yeah, you've ducked and evaded his blow. So it's back round to you guys again. Mm, the tide is turning somewhat. Uh, okay, well, I've, I've got to continue to attack this guy before this chainmail guy gets involved. Oh, miserable. Okay, um, you don't manage to land the blow on him. And uh, both my other have action. Okay, so it's on to YMR then. Right. Well, there's next <laughs> next up this one. Um... <clears throat> Go! Come on! Yes, it's a hit and a lot of damage. Nice. That one is done. You can kill them if you wish. Feel free to describe it. Yeah, uh, I guess it's a it's a case again of like wild swing, and this time because it's because um, uh, Weimar has actually clocked now that we have lost people. Um, yes. It's a it's a fairly uh, just a efficient parry the wild swing and just whoosh, like fencing impale withdraw withdraw the sword and then. Just step over the body. Yeah, you step pull, over. Uh, you pull the, next the sword body. out. You, you don't even bother to sort of like wait for them to fully finish, like falling onto the ground as you like step over them. Yeah, just move uh, Moffat out of the way so your tokens aren't overlapping. Okay, so onto the NPCs again. I want to make. Oh, we got we got bullseye as well. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. no, that's bullseye. good. Yep, bullseye is. Um, He's still there, like, going, like, Yeah. (laughs) Giving it, like, his WWE, like, stamps. Yeah, he's he's got his his theme music is blaring in his mind. Can you smell that the Ice Walker's got cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the game. Um, Okay, so he's going to take a swing with the axe once again. With, With a little effect. He's... He's he's got the the drama down, but the um, the results are a bit. Uh... He's obviously got a bit carried away with like his showboating. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so on to the NPC. So the chainmail guy is going to move over to attack Brock. Yep. And this guy down here is going to move to attack Bullseye. Bullseye number one. And this, since you both now occupied, Callum is going to move through towards the boat to there. Okay, so the pirate attacking got bulls on it. Again, short sword. Better not hit. <laughs> Obviously, he heard you, and he doesn't. Okay, so the one attack, the one with the chain mallet attacking Brock. Uh, 
misses, so it's just whether Callum can hit Brock with his strange blue sword. No. As pirates, they are utterly abysmal in combat, it would appear. And there's a lot of flailing around. The only thing they managed to achieve is, like, Callum basically is now, like, stood in the boat, like, fighting. Okay, over to you guys. Do your uh, thing, Brock. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we want to try and reduce the numbers down here, so I'm going to take a, a swing at this normal pirate behind me and then balls I can sort of help step up. So I'm going to swing at him. Oh, god damn it. He's gone into a, a rage. He can't control his sword properly. That's it. Uh, and that's my only man. Okay. Well, I'm right. Again, <clears throat> this guy is next in the grim work that we do here. Step up in line. I guess that's a hit. <laughs> yeah, it is indeed. It's not enough to kill them, but you have done a, a serious injury to them. Yeah, I'm going to say, because it's been a theme here, so their technique is abysmal, just yeah, non-existent. Terrible. So I want to say that's a parry as well from um, Weimar. You come in with the thing, he parries it without force, and they're like, oh, like smacks themselves in the face with the, with the sword. No, it's... Flaming sword ain't going to help, is it? <laughs> okay, any more for any more? Uh, Just... Yeah, and then... Um... <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> apparently the WWE show that's happening uh, next to the boat. Of course, I like reveals his like, huge golden belt he's wearing. Yeah, rips the... the skin uh, uh tunic that he has oh, so, yeah does he have like no. Hulk Hogan yeah <laughs> okay we need some finishing moves down here to, to, to yeah, be fair, we, I can't we... believe no one said you can't smell what the Brock's got cooking to be fair but <laughs> oh yeah or, or yeah we need we need to uh it was a fun campaign but we failed uh terribly with our references here so hand axe here we go hit please I think Maybe. he gets a bonus. Yes. That is indeed a hit. Describe how the bullseye takes this pirate down. The pirate kind of came at him from around a corner because he was so focused on Kellum. Yeah. And um, again, comes in with the like just rabbit attack, which beats him back. And um, I think that's when he gets serious, actually. And. Uh, manages to you know, push the guy against the wall with his shield and then it's a it's a gruesome axe shanking against the wall as he like pins the guy in places <laughs> indeed that's what happens there's only the pirate wearing the chain mail and Callum in and the boat now he's gonna stride forward okay let me just move that dead token out of the way Okay, so NPCs. Right, the, the chainmail guy is going to attack you, Brock. Again, using his short sword. 
utterly fails at which point Callum leaps off the boat into the sea well let's hope there's no sharks <laughs> because your boy is bleeding Interesting. over to you guys see Callum like disappears under the water there's now just this like one pirate down here and the two the two or three that are up near where Waimara's okay well obviously this this guy's still fighting on isn't he the guy with the yeah. chainmail yeah he, he seems so. to pretty much realize like oh there's no way I'm getting out of here so like I've there's nothing for me to do but fight yeah okay well I'll just look to to bullseye just give him the nod and uh yeah I'll hack into him. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I haven't rolled over a five since I've uh, got there, Nick. Okay, can Bullseye do any better? Let's see. Come on, I've distracted him with double yep. teaming now. Here we go. The crowd holds their breath. As the champion rears for the strike, and no, it's a, it's more of a slap. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. You, the three of them are all like tussling backwards and forwards, like over the boat and like in the edge of the water and stuff like that. But no one's landed like a decisive blow on each other. So it's over to you, Weimar, and the two people attacking you. He's continuing to get swung at, so. Let's see. There we go. See anyone doing anything? Yep, you hack the already injured pirate down. Yep. Now he's getting angry because he's he's now realized that Purdy is dead too. So it's a, it's a case of like there's the um, he's swinging wildly the pirate and uh, Weimar is just like hacking through it like the. The pirate is parrying now, but Weimar is just like continuing to hammer the the parry down, and just like eventually it starts hitting it, up, and then down he goes. Okay. Okay. And I'll I'll step here. Yep. No problems. So, on to the NPC's turn. So. The, the one at the top has just come out the door is going to run to here. So running around the edge of the combat. The one who's fighting against you, Weimar, just like throws his short sword down on the ground and like holds his hands up and says, I, I surrender! I surrender! We'll, uh, we'll leave the resolution of that to my turn. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously just seen you with like magical sword, like in a one, just like yeah. hack down his mate, and he's like, "Yeah, nah, nah, man, yeah, nah, I'm good." Like three enough. guys in like twelve seconds or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's just basically seen you like carve your way through all his mates, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm not getting paid enough." It's like, nope, thanks. It's just a pirate production line. Just okay, so the guy with um, the chainmail attacking Brock. Hits and does you four hit points of damage as he finally manages to get a a stab in on you with this short sword. Okay, yeah. 
Okay, as you're sort of watching over his shoulder, he's just sort of reeling back from this blow. You see, like a short distance out to sea, you you see what appears to be like a, some sort of like grey animal, maybe like a seal or like a, a manta ray or something like that. Sort of briefly, sort of like surfaces in the water and then like disappears under the water again. No sign of this captain. Nope. During that, he's okay. not surfaced. It's over to you guys again. Okay. Well, obviously occupied at the moment. I won't be able I say to... we've got the, the tag team championship of Brock and Bullseye. <laughs> yeah. All the bees. Yeah, bring in the steel chair, Brock. We need Double... to sort this guy out. <laughs> Double B. Here we go. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Feel free to say how you take this guy down. Yeah. He's so done. obviously, Bullseye's managed to grapple up one arm with his shield and sort of um, basically made him not quite defenceless but pinned it, pinned one arm down and I've just come down with a two-handed sword and, and literally cleaved his arm off and he's just fallen to the ground yeah he falls to the ground you see a few moments like as he fruitlessly tries to like stem the flow of blood coming out of his severed stump of an arm but you see like as he's doing that like his face is going pale like the blood's just pouring out of him and after a few moments, he just sort of like stumbles backwards and falls limply to the ground. Like, oh. And he is done. And so. I, should, I should turn and look to the north to see you know, how things progress to the north. Okay, so as you're looking to the north, you basically see like Wymore standing in this sort of scene of carnage. He's like covered in blood. He's still holding like the sort of hissing because of the blood on it and the heat from the sun so this hissing blade as this pirate's like holding his hands up in surrender so we jump to Weimar this guy's like holding his hands up what do you do? So uh, just to clarify that I didn't miss anything what's what's happening here? Who's this? That pirate? That's another pirate but they appear to be like running towards like the entrance that you used to get in probably planning to like get away yeah. They're just like running. They're like not even like looking at what's going on behind them. They're just like, oh, I've got to get out of here. Like everyone's dead. I've got to get out of here. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to point the sun sword at the the pirate in front of me. Yeah. He's uh, like... Yep. I'll like make a downwards motion, and I'll I'll drop my shield with the shield hand. Draw the pistol. I'll take a shot at the one who's running for the exit. Go for it. Praise Gale. Yes, it's a hit. Okay, so as this person's like running away, obviously planning on trying to get out of here, your shot hits them in the back of one of their kneecaps as a loud <laughs> and a billowing of sulfurous smelling smoke in the confined auspices of this cavern. You see it as pretty much this shot like annihilates their kneecap. They're not mm -hmm. dead, but they're like, yeah, like fall to the ground. You can see, like, basically one of their legs is ruined. They're they're still alive, but like barely. You're like looking at how pale their face is. You're like, probably like a strong breeze could like finish them off now. But they're still sort of like on the ground, just like, uh, uh, trying to like crawl away, but they ain't getting anywhere fast. And I'll I'll turn back to um, like 
slinging the pistol back into the sort of bandolier that I have on the chest here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, feeling lucky, punk. <laughs> no, um, I'll I'll turn back to. Uh, yeah, he's still uh, on his knees, like. Yeah, and I'll um, uh, is 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 there more movement? Like anyone spring up from anywhere? Not as far as you can see. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll say to him, like, is there more? He, he so sort of, you see him sort of like look around. Obviously, he's like a little bit panicked, and he's like, uh, no, 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 I, I, I don't think so. You see him sort of like go pale as he's like looking around and seeing all of his like crewmates mm -hmm. just like annihilated around him. Mm -hmm. I'll say to him like, go down on your belly and uh, put up your hands like this so that we know that you're one of the the live ones. Yeah, he, he does that. He doesn't even like, yeah. question it. Yeah. He just does it. And I'll I'll you know remain alert, survey the surroundings because I don't know what's happened uh, at the sort of dock down there. So I'll I'll just. Stick around until just give us a second. Someone's knocking on the door. Some some sort of Terminator Robocop type. Yeah, I don't know scene. what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Weimar couldn't miss, and everyone else couldn't hit for yeah toffee. <laughs> it's like with Weimar, every turn a hit, and with. Like aside from the first hit with Bullseye, it was just <laughs> uh, rude gestures. <laughs> I don't know what this captain's captain's up to. I, th I think Captain probably had some stuff going on. He's got to have some underwater breathing, sort of. Yeah, I think something. I think there's probably um, there's probably some magic going on. Mm. There. there we go. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, no problem. We were just discussing how the captain seemed to have something going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... Okay, so as you're sort of looking across, you're surveying the scene, you see the, the sort of injured ice walker woman that you saved. She, she basically leans down, obviously, with a great deal of effort and pain, mm -hmm. heaves up one of like, the bigger rocks off the floor of the cave and she starts like slowly walking across towards this this pirate who's like yeah and she's yeah, like i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this as i as i notice it's happening <laughs> yeah if no one's anything to stop her she literally brings this no. rock up and then <coughs> smashes it down on this pirate killing him yeah i'll um i'll nod at her if if i can actually catch her eyes afterwards yeah she she pretty much sort of like slumps down to her knees like i say she's malnourished she's yeah. injured herself and obviously that took like all of her strength so she sort of like slumps down next to like the bloody remnants of the body and the large rock that she uses as a weapon but you catch her eye you give her the nod and she breathlessly having like heaved up this big rock just sort of like nods back at you but she's like sort of almost like slumped over yeah. the rock like using it to hold herself up yeah Okay, so at the uh, at the boat, yeah, um... what's, what's remains at the boat? Are the children's still there. Okay, yeah, in the in the boat are five ice walker children of varying ages, all sort of like four, five, six, seven, very young. They again, they look a little bit malnourished. Some of them have got bruises on them. They've obviously been ill treated. 
they're they're obviously absolutely petrified given what's been going on around them so they're very quiet they're all sort of like huddled together sort of like shivering in this boat there's nothing else on this sort of waterline or this little you can't see anything else on the waterline however as you sort of like move a little bit closer to the boat and you're sort of looking around you can see that further along to the east there is like another passageway which is presumably where the other pirates came from oh, okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna put all my weapons away uh and sort of carefully uh, you know calm down and lift out these children um if they've got any sort of bindings release these bindings or undo these bindings and uh yeah they all appear to have like rope around their hands and they've been sort of like roped together in like a, a line yeah but so yeah you can easily like yeah i'll undo it rather than cut it yeah that's try fine and reduce any sort of fear factor with knives and stuff yeah no um sort of lift them out and i'm going to move back into the main sort of center of the cavern with the the children obviously making note that there's this this other entrance but yep. i, I want to go and see what's happening up here first okay i'll check bjorn um he's gone on the way past uh obviously come back to deal with burials and such after the immediate yep. dangers and stuff have passed yeah obviously feel free to move yourself we're not in combat rounds now yeah i just as you're sort of like walking through the cavern you can see obviously the the ice walker woman sort of leaning on this rock where she's obviously killed one of the pirates. Weimar's stood there, still the sun sword drawn and looking around. He's got this pirate sort of like the one who's surrendered, like lying on the ground with his hands held like that. Obviously you can see the now open sort of door in this improvised wall they made over here. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so I'll check on the woman. Um, just check that you know she's not got any serious injuries that are gonna be the end of her. She doesn't. Um, she doesn't appear to have any majorly serious injuries. It's mostly like small nicks, cuts, quite a lot of bruising. And like I say she's obviously not been like fed properly, so she's like quite malnourished and a little bit weak from that. I just give her a little bit of food and water, just you know, not not to uh, get carried away, but just to. She, she thanks you, and then like presumably you. You said you've got the kids with you. Yeah. She the the kids seem to like perk up having seen her, and she sort of like quickly goes and she starts like sort of like checking them all over to make sure they're all all right, and then she sort of like looks up at you like a look of gratitude and she she gives you a nod and says, "Thank you, thank you." Are there any others? No, the, we're all that's left of my tribe. We. They they sat upon us while we were unprepared, and they killed they killed pretty much everyone else. I was I was injured and taken captive, and they took they took these children for the, the, the spirits only knows what. Uh, unfortunately, I with my injuries, I was too weak to to fight against them. By the time I by the time I fully recovered consciousness, I was already confined in this this place. But, but thanks to thanks to you, we are we are now free. And again, she like thanks you profusely. Yeah, well, I'll tell her to obviously 
you know, see to the the children, try and calm them down, rest while we just investigate the rest of this place, make sure it's safe, and I'll go and obviously speak to Weimar and check over our fallen companions. Yeah, no problem. She She's happy to, like, take care of the kids while you're doing that. They obviously seem to know her. They're from the same tribe, so... We'll need to um, <clears throat> put down some graves, I think. Yeah, on I, the think, hill. I think we should make sure that we've secured this this cave mm. or wherever before before we uh, take a rest and and deal with our fallen comrades. Mm. You want to? Oh, I'll point here. Want to check that place? I don't think there's anyone there anymore, but. Would be some worth something worth taking. That's where a lot of them came from, so probably they'll have whatever effects they had. Yeah, I'll ask. I'll ask this this pirate. Um, sort of at sword point. Um, is there any traps or anything we need to know about in this this place? He's like, no, no, no traps. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna just step through the doorway to see what's inside this. Yep, you step over. into the cavern and you see, like I say, it's like an improvised wooden wall with a wooden door in it, but it's been open and left open by the pirates who came running out. They didn't have time to lock it, so you just push the door open, head inside. You can see like these Hessian sacks that you saw the the pirate like stuffing gold and like various other items that you couldn't quite make out into these Hessian sacks. You search through them in in the sack there's a a small gemstone worth about 50 gold pieces there's what appears to be a a piece of parchment rolled up with like a ribbon around it there's a a small like file with what appears to be a slightly luminescent blue liquid in it there's a, a couple of pieces of jewelry which I'll give you a bit of a description of. Okay, so the first piece of jewellery you take out of SVA set of beads sort of like linked together on a chain. They have a single violet coloured gem that appears to glow very faintly as though lit by an inner light. And then the second piece, again it's an iron chain studded with many yellow gems. It appears to be in like quite a sort of old, archaic style, but it's very sort of flamboyant with a number of gems in it, and appears to be like in really good condition. Put those down. Um, okay, um, and there's a doorway that heads to the south there. Yeah, that's also open again, another improvised wall. You're just about to head through there when you you happen to glance back at the northern wall of the cavern you're in. And you can see sort of behind a couple of these Hessian sacks is what appears to be a large spear lent up against the wall. Mm. Only you sort of like, yeah, that's a bit, bit weird, I don't know using spears. You move a bit closer to have a look at it. Instead of seeing like a metal or stone sort of spearhead, well, the spearhead appears to be made of solid ice. Mm. I'll certainly investigate that. That sounds quite interesting. Is yeah, that something you, I've seen before? It's not something. Of? It's not something you've seen before. However, as you head towards it, you can see like in the language of the Ice Walkers, 
inscribed on the the shaft of the spear it says the spear of the hunter in the ice walker language mm. i shall uh i shall take that from its rest in place there okay no problems i shall add that to your sheet you should now have the spear of the hunter on your carriage sheet okay cool um and I shall look at that at a later date obviously looks nice but I shall continue to search um, and I shall proceed to this south doorway and just see if it links up yeah not a problem you you open it up and through a another sort of naturally cavernous corridor you can see again what appears to be another one of these improvised doors here it's open you go and have a quick look and there's just like a small cave there there's like some ratty old like furs on the floor you think this is probably where they were keeping the prisoners yeah and then as you sort of follow the passageway around here it eventually leads back to the cave mouth that heads towards the sea so you think that this is what, what, what the uh, how was the, the the woman and the kids did they have much in a way of clothing of warmth and stuff or they they just had like generic like furs and uh, sort of leather clothing on but your standard sort of like ice walker clothing yeah. well I'll, I'll grab what I think is some of the better furs from this pile here in this room just to give them a bit of protection from the the temperatures when they get outside. Yeah, no um, and I'll I'll head back to the main room. Um, I'll uh, inquire as you as you come in. <clears throat> Did you find any uh, manacles or the like? Uh, no, there wasn't any more signs of anyone else. There was a a secured room, which is probably right. where they were keeping right. okay. keeping them. Okay. No, it was just, you know, I'll motion uh, the pirate, but I've, I've got the rope here, so I'll, I'll say to the pirate, like, I, I'm going to secure you now. He, he just sort of nods, but he doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll tie him up with the rope. Yeah, that's not a problem. He's not in any position to put up any sort of resistance. Uh, I'll just put a little... Uh, sort of a webby icon thing on him. Maybe you should ask him where he thinks the captain would have fled to if they got a bigger boat. Hmm. Do you have a bigger boat? He says, well, uh, he, he says, yes. Uh, he says, the, the, the ghost ships are further uh, westwards on the coast. Mm-hmm. The ghost ship. No, the ghost's ship. And who are those? It's just, uh, you must have heard of the ghost. She's one of the most bloodthirsty pirates on the, the seas. We're uh, a bit more landbound these days. Says, well, well, she she she's she's the captain of the fleet. The fleet? How many ships are we talking? Uh, th 
three. Um, her ship, the the cry of the damned, is is biggest. Okay. And he says, obviously, there's a there's Callum's ship, the the Gold Raider, but that's well, what I'm crew on, but that's nowhere near as big. Right, and that's uh, you're all taking ice walkers, is it? Or is he says, well, your he says, well, not not just specifically ice walkers, anyone we could get hands on. Okay, good to know. Do is any it... raiding on the trade routes up here? He says, yeah, yeah, of course. Hmm. He says, what with a what with every man and their dog looking to to settle in Valcona, and there's a lot of ships that are easy pickings. How many more pirates are back on your boat then? He says, oh, there's loads of us. Yeah, there's bound to be uh, at least several dozen per ship, he says, depending on how He says, oh, here, we, we, we were just a small supply run. And your captain, he'll be able to make his way back to your boat, will he? He seems to have disappeared. He says, yeah, I should think so. What with that cloak of his? What cloak is that? He says, well, they, they, they say that it was given him by the ghost. It's this, uh, it's this uh, special cloak that, like, when you, uh, when you go in the water, it lets you turn into some kind of, like, fish thing. Fat magic. He says, well, they, they say that the ghost used to have it, but uh, she, she gave it to, to Callan. And he's had it ever since. Hmm. Be handy on a ship. He says, yeah, well, that that's that's why she she sends him ashore as like one of the lieutenants, because, you know, if like, things ever do get a bit, go south a bit, well, he, obviously he, he doesn't need a boat to get back to the main ships. Hmm. Yeah, right. Not, not so good for the rest of his crew, though. You see, he sort of like goes pale as you say that, because obviously mm. he's pretty much out lying in the graveyard of the rest of his crew. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, yeah, there's your bodies. Um, did you do you get anything, or rather, did we get everything we wanted from the other room? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring everything in. That, um previously found um, okay yeah so it's basically it's 50 gold pieces there's um, there's these ice fire beads that are worth 900 gold pieces and there is this tiger eye chain which is worth 1600 gold pieces and I'll see there's this there's this scroll which there's a ribbon round it and there's this file of like glow faintly glowing blue liquid Yep. Um, and obviously the spear that you're carrying broke. Right, so I think we're good to leave. Well, I was going to say, I, I think it's, isn't it right, right at the end of the day? I'm just wondering if this might be a better place to sort of hold up a bit warmer. Yeah, I mean, it, it was dusk when you got here, so it's mm. probably night time by now. And right. uh, it will give off our, our new friend here, and I'll grin at this pirate, time to dig some 
graves. I was thinking I'd, I'd do that myself. You're free to join, but... Well, I'm happy to sort of do the ceremony of, of, of such, but right. I feel that he's earned, earned the rights to do the labour, the hard work. Right. Okay. So the order... Uh, then would be um, let's get the um, our friends buried. Yeah, let's take a rest. And I think we need to turn around and go back to New Zealand, right? Um. Have we got anything to fear in Deer Sun now that we're so close? Uh, yes, slash or no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, that was more complicated than I needed to make it. But yeah. I, I don't think we actually know what's going to happen in Deer Sun. Well, all I'm saying is you've got a, you know, the, the journey itself is dangerous, isn't it? Every time yes, we journey is. and we're nearly there, is it worth us? Yes. trying to achieve our goal and then heading back yeah i was just thinking do we, well we have enough food so we can leave did we have how, how many people we have here if we're holding up here in the caves how many people do we need to feed well there's the there's the five children there's the ice walker woman uh there's your pirate captive obviously yourselves and well, bullseye so it's 10 people in all yeah yeah so I think we can, I think we can do that. I think we can hold up. They know that uh, the captain can make it back in, I presume, no time at all to the ship. Yeah, yeah. And they'll know that something happened here if they have three large galleons, or even if they're not operating galleons, they will have a lot of people, much more than we can handle. Yeah, but do we need to then? warn the people of dear son that there could be some retaliation and not leave them sort of you know they're not going to know about this necessarily and it's it's well it's not just down the road but it's not far away is it it's the nearest sort of civilization yeah it's about half a day's travel away from where you are now yeah so i'm just a bit concerned that well a we've we sort of came to bury the remains of uh our previous yeah. companion but also that they might try and retaliate yeah. on the sort of nearby town thinking that we've come from there maybe I, I don't know so how about this then we get our friends buried we'll rest until dawn at dawn everyone leaves we go to dear son together let them know what happened uh look for the the plan was originally to go to Deersund and find the bones. Yeah, to find the bones of yeah, Gordon yeah. Sinclair and yeah. give them a proper burial. Yeah, so talk to people in Deersund what happened, find the bones. If there's any kind of business to be done, do it, and then head back to New Zealand. How's that? Yeah, I think that's that's probably our best best plan of action. 
of the current situation that we're in. Okay, so as you guys start sort of like burying the dead, you know, settling in for the night, I'm going to suggest we have our five minutes of a comfort yep. break here. Then when we come back, we'll pick up with at dawn, you guys rolling out. How does that sound? Yep, it's yep. cool. Okay, so back in five then. So the plan is to push on to Deer Sun at first light. It's not a problem, you're following the coast, there's there's no chance of you getting lost or anything like that. So you quickly make your way to Deer Sun. Did the party token jump? Yeah, it jumped way right, to the right up to the top. I'm not sure why. So let me try. Mm. Let me just try moving that again. Okay, it just keeps jumping to the top. I'm not sure why that, that is. That looks interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with that, but. Uh, we found a portal. I'll say, yeah, Un unknown magic portal. <laughs> oh, no. What are the chances? <laughs> Let me just. Uh... Yeah, random encounters, guys. <laughs> yeah, th things get a bit crazy. Right, let's, let's try that again. There we go. <laughs> that was random. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> The, the joys of technology guys the joys of technology but yeah you you make it to dear sun it's much as you remember as you're as you're sort of heading towards the little sort of village with its little wall around its little wooden defense wall you see what appears to be a cart heading towards you sort of like away from dear sun obviously having come from there traveling away from it it appears to be like moving at quite a rapid pace there's like a couple of sort of like mules on the front of it you can see a a, a sort of typical sort of like farmer type like sat on the front of it he's got like a a middle-aged woman sat next to him on like the front plate of the cart and he seems like quite intent he's like like really sort of giving it to the horses to get them to move quickly doesn't appear to be heading like a beeline towards you guys. It just appears to be heading away from this. Just before we sort of meet this guy, in the distance, can we see any signs of these boats that this pirate was talking about on the shore? Not at the moment, no. Okay. So we've got that as an immediate. No, you, okay, ex but... you expect from what they said that they must be like much further along the coast. On the west, yeah. Um, I'll try and sort of wave this guy down then to try and sort of s slow down and tell us what's going on okay make me a charisma roll oh bloody hell okay so he obviously sees you waving but like he doesn't seem to be like slowing down he's like get out of the way as he's like lashing the reins of yeah, so as he's sort of rushing towards us or rushing past us, I just say, what are you running from? What causes this this haste? 
he's as he's like passing you, he's like leaning back over his shoulder, and he's like, "The village, it's cursed, cursed, I tell you." What do you mean? <laughs> I guess that's all the map, all the information we need, almost. So, you, or at this point, why might you can also make a charisma check? Oh boy. Yeah, that's what I thought. I told you you should have washed all that blood off your face. And... Okay, he doesn't stop, but he slows down a little bit, so you can sort of like jog alongside the the cart. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm I'm getting my I'm getting my family out of this, and it, it's not safe for the devilry that's going on there. He's obviously like doesn't want to stop, but he's like slowed the cart down a bit, so you can sort of like jog alongside and like chat to him. Yeah, I mean we're heading there, so we need to know what is this you, you, this curse you talk of. He, he sort of like looks a bit uncertain. Then the the woman like next to him sort of puts her a hand on his leg, and she's like, she's like, oh, t tell tell him Zephaniah, tell him what you saw. And he's like, well, uh, about a week ago, one of the one of the young women in the the village, she um, and he sort of take, takes his hat off and like holds it against his chest. She. Uh, she, she she died. It was a terrible accident um, while she was fishing. N nothing to be done about it. Just one of those things. Uh, however, a, a few days later, I saw that that same dead woman lurking around the the building where we keep all of our crops. And then a few days later, half the crops were spoiled. It's the devil's work, I tell you. Says that then, then there's what happened with the children, and he goes a little bit pale. Is he continuing what, his his talk? What children? <laughs> the um, he seems to like be sort of like lost a bit in his memories. But the woman sort of leans over and says, "Oh, they well, there was ever such strange behaviour." And I just sort of looking around. Now you see they've got a couple of kids in the back of the wagon, and he said, "Oh yeah, lots of the children in the village were behaving strangely. Uh, lots of them had started like walking in their sleep, or like, sometimes you'd be talking to them and they just seem to." They just seemed to lose what was going on, like like they weren't there for a moment, and then they'd be fine. We, we my, myself and Zeph and I, and she sort of takes us home. We, we we decided that it wasn't safe for our family anymore. We 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 we, we packed all we could onto our wagon, and we decided to get out of there. Where was this woman buried that had this unfortunate ex um, accident? He says, "Oh, she, she, she was buried near to the uh, the, the village uh, where, where we bury anyone who unfortunately dies there. Well, maybe, maybe we'll go and investigate." He says, "Well, the, the man suddenly says, well, you, you, uh, you, you feel free. I'm, I'm taking my family to somewhere safer. I don't know where, but uh, there's got to be places that are untouched by such devilry." And he starts to like lashing the horse again to like get the cart moving. He says, I, I wish you the best of luck though. But I I'd stay clear of Dearson if I was you. The, the the devil has taken the village. And then he like lashes the, the horses and the cart starts moving quicker. I just say, if you follow the coast, you'll come to New Zealand. New Zealand and you can maybe set up your family there. 
he, he shouts back over his shoulder as he's like disappearing the distance. He's like, thank you, stranger. Thank you. Perhaps we will. So we, we best go and investigate. Mm. Okay, so you continue into Dear Sun. It's much as you remember it, a small sort of little provincial village with this little fortification wooden wall around it. However, as you approach, you notice there are a number of, sort of armoured like guards standing around that you didn't see previously. They're wearing uh, sort of like half purple, half black livery, which any of you who've been to Fort Eastburn will recognise as like the livery of Fort Eastburn. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of stood around. You can see they're mostly stood around sort of like the um, the, the main sort of like town building, you know, like the centre building. Uh, you can see like a number of the villagers are sort of like excitedly like muttering to each other and they're like crowded around like the central building as well. Through the sort of open door, you can see what appears to be a young woman, again wearing like the livery of Fort Eastburn, a few guards with her, and she sat down at a table with what you assume are like the elders of the village. And they're, they're in a conversation. Obviously, you're not near enough to like hear what's going on. So, does it look like people are being challenged to enter? Or no, no. It just is like a conversation's going on in like the town hall, for want of a better term. Oh, okay. And like every, I mean, no one, everyone's attention seems to be on whatever's going on there. No one really like clocks you at all. Um, the guards appear to be stood around, presumably because like they can't all fit into the town hall. And obviously, oh, the right. people are sort of gathered around trying to like hear what's going on and sort of like looking over each other's shoulders, trying to hear what's going on in the town hall. Well. I suggest we go and investigate as well, see if we can see what's happening. Seems to be uh-huh. something of interest. As you as you get closer, no one challenges you or anything like that. You know, you've been seen in the village before, so like a few people sort of like nod at you or recognise you, but given like what happened to like the last people who like threw down with you in like Dear Sun, no one's exactly like whipping a weapon out and like getting ready to go at it with you. <laughs> and um as you get closer, you hear the last like snatches of conversation drifting out through the door of the town hall, and you hear this young woman saying, "So I, uh, I hope I've, uh, I've outlined the the benefits to all of your satisfaction. Obviously, take some time to think about my proposal, and I, I know you want to discuss it with your, with your villagers, and uh, you want to talk about it amongst yourself." Uh, Obviously, we'll be returning to the to the tower soon. Um, you, you know where you can find us. Uh, actually, we're planning on there's a there's another village just uh, along the coast to the east. Um, and she she sort of like turns to one of the soldiers and she's like, "Eileen's forty's like um, I believe it's called New Zealand." Um, and says, "Yes, that's right, New Zealand." Um, well, we're going to head there and make them a make them a similar offer hopefully they'll uh, they'll want to get on board as well uh, so we'll be doing a little bit of a circuit heading there and then back to the tower and obviously we'll have to report into to, to the fort so you've got you've got plenty of time to think about it there's no rush but hopefully you'll at least think about my proposition and this sort of assembled group of like village elders like well yeah yes you, yeah, you you've certainly given us some things to think about and yeah, yes, you you do make a good point. Yeah, indeed. Mm, yes. 
she says, um, well then, uh, I, I, I'm pleased our, our first meeting has been so productive. Uh, I, I'll leave you to have some time to think over what I've said. She, she leans back to the soldier as at her side and then says, uh, if you can, um, if you can get the men ready to, ready to move out, um, we'll we'll follow the coast to the east. Uh, give, give these good people some time to to digest matters. At which point the soldier nods. He walks outside and he starts like snapping orders to the guards to like get ready to move out. What do you guys do? Well, do you think we should sort of introduce ourselves as? Well, not. Well, I'm not a founder, sort of, uh, of New Zealand, uh, but Weimar probably is. To get a heads up on what they're going there for, or do we wait for them to get out of the way and ask the dear son lot? I, I figure we don't need to make too much of a fuss of ourselves. No. So should we wait till they've sort of left the room and ask yeah uh, let them sort themselves out and then well what sort of numbers them. what sort of numbers are you talking about john when it comes to guards and stuff there's like eight of these guards oh, so it's quite a few they're all sort of carrying spears they're wearing sort of like chain mail and as i say the livery of uh fort eastburn this, but no uh, one looks unhappy, particularly, or no, no, in the, distress the, or anything. No, they, they don't look like they're, they're spoiling for a fight or anything like that. No. The the guards are sort of getting themselves ready and you know grabbing their spears and getting ready to move out. And then this this young woman, again like black and purple livery, sort of slightly sort of silvery grey hair, walks out. He says, "Oh, good, uh, Lieutenant, are we all ready to um, move out?" He's like, Yes, ma'am. All the men are ready, present and correct. She says, uh, well, uh, let's move out then. And she turns back, looks through the door of the town hall and says, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, obviously, you know where we'll be once you've had a chance to think about what we've said. And uh, hopefully we'll speak again soon. Take care. And she sort of, she forms up at like the head of this small like, unit of soldiers who starts sort of, like very efficiently. And you recognise like in a military style. Weimar mm -hmm. starts sort of like marching out of the the village to the east. Yeah, I think that's our cue to get in, uh, talk to the locals. Hmm. Yeah, there's plenty of them about. So the elders are still in the town hall. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, grab the uh, uh, like one elder, or um, if there's an opportunity to talk, like one on one, then. That would be the preference, but yeah, not a problem. Eventually, they'll start sort of like filtering out of the yeah. building, so it's quite easy just to like tap one of them on the arm and like catch your attention. Yeah. That's not a problem. So, I'll, I'll say, uh, well, Matt, uh, we're the oh. neighbors from from New Zealand. Oh, um, well met indeed, young man. Couldn't help but notice the 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 liveried folk from says, uh, the uh, fortress. Yes, uh, that that uh, that young woman was uh, Lieutenant Dixon from the uh, from the fort to the northwest of mm. here, Fort Eastburn. Some business they had. 
Yes, yeah, I don't suppose it's any real secret. Uh, well, they've, they've, they've approached us with a, I suppose, a proposition, you might call it. Uh, apparently, they're, uh, they're expanding the reach of, I suppose, their fife, whatever you want to call it, and uh, they're looking to... Uh, they're looking to fortify the the coast of Valconan, you know, against the invaders and whatnot and such like. And uh, well, they've they've approached us and asked whether we'd consider, uh, as a village, becoming, uh, uh, I suppose, a, a, a vassal of their fault. Mm. Did you come to a conclusion? Uh, no, obviously. Um, a matter like this, uh, the, the elders we need to discuss it with the village. Uh, they, they did make a very good case for it, though. I'll say that. Um, obviously, they're they're volunteering to, uh, to to station people here for to help with the protection of the village. Uh, they're, they're volunteering to help us with resources. You know, things we can't get ourselves. Uh, obviously, it's an extra place we can we can rely on should the winter hit us harder than we anticipate. That sort of thing. Apparently, uh, according to uh, uh, Lieutenant Dixon, they've uh, they've already built a, I suppose, a, a tower or a small keep. I suppose you might call it uh, about a day's uh, day's ride to the north of here. I mean, Staffstone, I think you said they were calling it. I will roll out the map that we have. <laughs> A day's worth north, you say, around here, and I'll start, you know, triangulating on the map. Where, where are we talking? And I watch the elder take out the red pen and put. The... Indeed, he's like, he's like, oh yes, it'd be, it'd be about here. Right, right, okay. A tower, you say, for the the military? Well, it's uh, it, the way it was told to me. It's more of like a a watchtower, you know, so they can keep an eye on things that are going on and yeah, uh, the coast. Yeah. yeah, and if they if they uh, the way they were selling it, if uh, villages like ours, if we needed some additional fortification or resources, it'd be quicker for them to to get whatever we needed from the tower rather than all the way from Fort Eastburn, which is a a good a good additional day's ride with a fair wind. Hmm. Still, she seemed a pleasant enough woman. I'll say that for her. Right. Okay. Hmm. Interesting developments. He's like, well, I, I recognise you. You are one of those uh, New Zealand lot, aren't you? That would be correct. Yes. It says, well, your people will find out themselves. Um, that they were heading to your village next. Oh. Yeah, so from what they were, from what she was saying, I, I gather they plan to make a, a, a similar offer to um, to your own village. Uh, they said something about this, uh, some like ruins of a settlement uh, nearby mm -hmm. in the forest. Uh, apparently, they're planning on building another one of these watchtowers there. But uh, they seem quite mm -hmm. keen to uh, get local people involved and you know get permission of people not to plonk a tower in their backyard that sort of thing. Well, would be nice to ask at the very least. I'll say and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, quite. Well, um, well, they did. They did approach us a while ago and ask about 
building the um, the staff stone tower. Uh, although obviously it wasn't mentioned as potentially joining this fiefdom at the time, and obviously we, we didn't see any harm in it. So uh, they they did at least ask us. I presume they're planning on doing the same with your own village before they start building a tower nearby. Hmm. So I, from what the um, what the young lady was saying, I I got the feeling that um, I mean she apologised the fact her her lord couldn't be here in person. Apparently he's on a um, he's on a, a diplomatic mission to to Fort Kersey or some such thing. But. Um, she seemed quite so that our lord was quite concerned that um, obviously ourselves and yourselves you know we we sort of braved the perils of this land to come and settle here they they seemed quite concerned that when the when the long winter has passed and the summer months have, uh, have arrived that those people who had not dared face the risks who are still back in Rohalene would attempt to surge forth here in great numbers and uh benefit from the the blood sweat and tears of those of us who did risk the dangers of Balcona. Mm. and uh, they, they they well i can't say i'm in favor of that and they certainly didn't seem to be so i i i very much got the idea that the part of these towers was for watching and also was to make the statement that well we don't need a lot of people from Rohaline coming in and trying to take things over when we're doing perfectly fine ourselves mm. Well, the affairs of lords always putting up towers, seems like. Well, quite. We, um, speaking of the coast, again, thank you for the information. No, very much appreciated. It's, it's, it's not a secret. Speaking of the coast, we came upon an operation. I'll give a side glance to our uh, uh, enroped friend. Yeah. <laughs> we came upon an operation of uh, gross malfeasance and uh, oh. we laid several bodies to the ground as a result of that. Um, pirates of a fleet of three ships he grimaces and he says um well now you mention it um about must be four or five days ago uh, one of our fishermen did say that he'd seen a he'd seen a ship flying red sails uh further down the coast he, he said, he said it was quite some distance away though i'll i'll glance at the prisoner and this is a red sails question mark he, 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 obviously his, his hands are tied together yeah, yeah. and he, he sort of nods and says um, pull up the sleeve of, of my jerkin I'll do yeah. you pull it up and you see again he's got the sort of tattoo with like the skull and the little like sort of plus sign underneath it mm-hmm. a little cross and he yeah. says uh, yeah it'll be red sails with like a, a white version of that on it yeah. he says yeah that's that, that's one of the ghost ships alright I don't know which yeah. one. Uh, well, as I said, we, we put several bodies in the ground, so they might be looking for revenge. And if they decide to take it out on you, I'm, I'm not sure if we can help you, but we thought 
at the very least to bring you the information and he says, uh, oh, I have I, my condolences if I, they I, uh, I, I wish I'd have known that I'd have asked her uh, I'd have asked Lieutenant Dixon whether she could have left some of her guards here to to help protect us uh, do do you have a runner perhaps with a horse yeah at which point he, he sort of nods and he he grabs one of the villagers and he's like uh, he's like Tobia take Get get one of the horses, ride out and see if you can catch up with the soldiers and uh, see if you can uh, bring any of them back. Uh, t- tell them that we're worried about potential uh, pirate attacks and uh, we we could really, as a, as a gesture of friendship, would they consider aiding in the protection of the of the village just in case, at which point the young lads are like, oh, oh yeah, yes, of course, master, no problems. And he, he gets on like this horse, which it isn't a racing horse, it's like a, a work mm-hmm. horse. Mm-hmm. And he, he like starts like trotting away in the same direction that the soldiers went. Yeah. Um, it seems like this might be a problem for all of us here. And uh, well, we're all probably going to suffer for it eventually. Even if we're not going to be here to help you, perhaps when they come looking for trouble, you have our sympathies and uh, and help if we can provide it. Well, uh, thank you. M- much appreciated. Uh, obviously, if there's anything uh, weird, dear son, I know we our village is small compared to your own, but obviously if, there's, if there is anything we can do to help, of course. I mean, where we are, as you say, neighbours, after all. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's... Although, given the, upon reflection of what you said, it seems that uh, perhaps uh, the, the Lord's offer of um, increased security might bear some some further consideration. Uh, after all, if we're going to be raided by pirates and the like, uh, we could certainly do with uh, some more trained people. After all, we're, we're fishermen and farmers, we're not warriors. We could definitely use more swords on the coast, seems like. Uh, there are three ships, I'm being told, and I, I was not a sailor myself, but I've been on ships. That's a lot of people they could Indeed. put on the ground Quite. Uh, if they wanted to go raiding. So that is... Uh, I'll, I'll be upfront. I'm not a great fan. Uh, sorry, very too modern lingo. Um, I'm, I'm not a... Not one that appreciates the nobility over much, but the Lord of Fort Eastburn does have swords. Oh, quite. And that's something we do need on the coast. He says, yes, they were, they were telling me how uh, a number of uh, units of their soldiery had recently killed this, this huge spider thing they, they were telling me about. Uh, I forget exactly what they called it, but... Uh, Yes, apparently they apparently they killed it. I mean, the uh, to, to the north in the way on the edge of the Whale Song Woods. Uh, and hmm. well, well, if they if they can take that, assuming this creature was as big as they say it was, if if they mm-hmm. could deal with that, I don't suppose a few pirates would be any problem for them. No, that definitely sounds like something we could use against the pirates. Have we heard any of the sounds of the that giant creature since we've come out here? Nope. Okay, mm, maybe it's true. Hmm. Well, uh, we. Uh... As you're saying this, you hear the sound of like footfalls in the distance, and you can just sort of see like this, this horse like coming back with like these. Because these soldiers are walking, they didn't get that far. You mm-hmm. can see them like 
seemingly like all of these soldiers with this woman at the head of them sort of coming back with this like horse like sort of walking alongside him with this young lad on top. Um, remind me, John, do we have any idea where the, the bones that we wanted would have ended up? Like... You knew you knew from the from the vision that you saw they were supposed yeah. to be on like the northern edge of the village where it first starts getting into like the trees of like the yeah. the southern part of the Wales on Woods that were sort of just within the tree line. Yeah. Okay. At, at which point these sort of like guards are walking up with this young woman and she, she sort of sees the elder and says, Oh uh uh, Elder Joseph, uh, your boy Toby here tells me that um, you're having some problems with pirates. Well, yes, uh, this uh, this fellow here uh, is from um, New Zealand. At which point she uh, she smiles and nods at you, Weimar. I uh, was saying that they'd um, they they've recently encountered some pirates that they had to deal with, and uh, well, we we did sight a ship with a a red sail off the uh, off the coast. Uh, well, it must have been four or five days ago now, and uh, obviously, if they if they retaliate, well, we we'd be hard pressed to defend them, to defend against them. The the young woman says, uh, were they were they flying any particular standard or symbol or anything of that nature? The the elders like. So I'll. So we're talking about like, is there anything to identify them by? Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll describe the the markings we've seen. The the young woman pauses for a few moments and then she says, uh, "Yeah, so that sounds like the emblem of Catherine Alson, also known as the Ghost. Yes, mm -hmm. she, she'd no doubt cause us some trouble." Uh, a number of they well they call her the ghost because she's managed to evade capture so many times. Hmm. Yeah, she's supposed to be quite bloodthirsty and willing to turn her hands to to almost anything to make a profit. And like a look of distaste creeps across mm -hmm. Lieutenant Dixon's face as she's talking about this woman. He says, "Well, well, yeah, obviously we're we're happy, Elder Joseph, to uh, to leave some of our men here. I I wish I." I had more to leave here, but uh, what you see now is the, the reduced member of my company. We lost a, a good deal of men fighting against that great beast I was telling you about earlier. He's like, uh, well, yes, uh, of course, uh, but uh, you were saying that uh, you know, you'd be able to help us with security if we were to accept your offer. And, um, well, given these present circumstances, I really don't see how as the elder of uh, of Deerson, or one of the elders, I really don't see how in good conscience we could refuse your offer when there's obviously a clear and present danger to our citizenry. At which point she smiles and says, well, my lord will be absolutely delighted and obviously we'll, we'll head back to, to Staffstone and we'll, we'll try and round up some men to send them here to to reinforce your village so that if these these miscreants do return we can hopefully help you deal with that matter hopefully a, a show of force if they see most of these pirates they're they're cowardly creatures if they see your village is well defended they'll move elsewhere looking for easier pickings but yes well we're if any so, so are you sure you're you're happy to accept our offer i don't want to 
I don't want to pressure you into anything like this. I appreciate it's a big decision. And he says, well, yes, I, I think we have to accept, uh, given the danger to our citizens. And he says, well, much as I'm, I'm sad about the events that have led to it, I must say I am, of course, pleased that you have decided to accept our offer. And as, as soon as my Lord returns from his diplomatic mission, I will, of course, let him know and we'll, we'll do what we can to, to help you out. So they said that um, the Lord of Eastburn has gone to Fort Kersey. That's correct. The Fort Kersey is empty, isn't it? You evacuated everybody after the siege of the Shadow Elves. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll take Weimar to one side and sort of say, what do you make of this? talk of the Lord going to Fort Kersey I mean they know that it's empty as well as us don't they and it's probably the reason why they went I'm so, thinking they're scavenging whatever they can and you're thinking they're securing it and taking it over and making it into a new base and well it could be but I don't know if they have the people for two forts in just one fort no, I, I wouldn't have thought they would either but I, I was thinking it's more of a they're picking over the corpse. Hmm. And the, the new lord has... Have you guys like stepped away to have this conversation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Side. yeah. yeah just checking. Yep. The, the new lord is... Uh... I, would, I would not put it past him to have some interests in that location that we will never fathom. Given his proclivities in the mountains. Yeah, I mean I don't quite understand what he's what he's trying to get from Deer Sun because it seems to be a one way it seems they be, seem to be benefiting from everything. What's the fork getting yeah, in return? Just more lands, more people. Hmm. He's probably looking is it, is it gonna be more taxes and uh, it, it's what I've just heard from the elder there is sounds like we're building a kingdom hmm. to fight off the kingdoms from back home hmm. well maybe we wait to hear from them ourselves maybe we should conclude our business and head back before they get there hmm. um, while I have your ear Is there something you want to ask from our uh, captive? Yeah, well, that was the other thing. What are we going to do with him? Do we give him to these these soldiers to deal with? I think not. I have, a, we... I have a thing in mind, but I thought to ask you if you had any ideas. I mean, I've got no... I've got no problem with uh, getting rid of him, as we, hmm. as you could say, if if needs be. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't even consider it a a task. I would be more than happy to deal with that. But if you feel that he's more useful to us, well, I was, I was going to say, do you think of any? Can you think of anything else we might want from him? He's given us the fleet, the numbers, names. 
We could ask him where they make birth, but that's... We, we don't have a ship, so I'm not sure that's useful. I mean, what whatever information he's got could you know, change at any time, you know, where they're going to attack, mm-hmm. where they're... Yes, yes. And it is a a fleet, so knowing one place where one ship might be at a time is is not very... The only thing that I would consider maybe he might be able to give us is any more of these locations where they use Mm, to hold up any of their stuff. Right. Hit them where it hurts. I'll um, I'll inquire about these uh, hideouts. And uh, I'll, I'll I'll see to uh, sorting him out once we're uh, done with dear son. Yep. So I'll um I'll go and shake hands with everyone. Uh, the elder, the if if the um, uh, forts uh, leader is still around yeah I'll, she is I'll, yeah i'll go and introduce myself shake hands okay so you just walk up and you're like why am i yeah uh, i'm like i just like not busting in but when mm. like there's an op- uh opening i'll i'll go in it's like we never introduce ourselves we're i'm weimar oh uh, what weimar lone grove and then she points at the she points at brock and she says and then that must make you brock montaigne Whatever says, it is. Yes, I've heard we, of it. We you. probably did it. <laughs> says, well, this is a stroke of um, good fortune. I was actually... Uh... Don't you normally have a, a couple of other people with you? Uh, we're a bit dispersed at the moment. Ah, well, such things can't be helped. Uh, it's a good stroke of good fortune bumming into you here. Uh, we were actually planning on seeking you out at uh, your home village. So we heard... Right, we would be um, uh, interested in hearing what you have to say. Oh, um, splendid! Uh, well, um, but we have some business to conclude oh, here. Of course, of so course. I, I propose you go ahead with your your plan. We'll we'll catch up you catch up with you at uh, New Zealand if that is acceptable to you. Oh, yeah. yes, of course, of course. And you'll, you'll probably have something to deal with here, uh, with the uh, with the elders' request and all. Yes. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll leave most of my guard here. I'll I'll just mm. take a couple with me for for security purposes, and uh, the the three of us will travel on to to New Zealand, and uh, we'll, we'll leave the rest here to help with uh, defending uh, their son. Right. Uh, my proposal to you is: let's reconvene at New Zealand. Yes, that that sounds absolutely fine. Uh, he says, uh, but I suppose I should uh, introduce myself. Uh, Mercy Dixon. Well met, Mercy. I, I'm one of the lieutenants from uh, Fort Eastburn, now uh, now chief in charge of Staffstone Tower to the to the north of here. Mm. Well. Uh, we should be getting on. Uh, so until we do meet again. Indeed, uh, don't know. And she starts getting ready to like go out mm-hmm. with like two of her men and tells the rest to remain behind and help defend the village. Yeah. And you're left your own. She bids you like a farewell and leads yeah. you to your own devices.
Well, I was just going to say, maybe once we've finished our business, perhaps we should accompany them, safety in numbers and all that. On the way it was to... just because I, I don't know how long it's going to yeah, take yeah. for us to find the... But we could potentially yeah. catch them up. Yeah, we? we'll, we'll, we'll catch them if we can. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys have got a cart there walking, mm. so it's not really difficult. Mm. All right. Yeah, cool. So, off to the edge of the wood, I think, uh, to do the thing that we wanted to do. Okay, yep, yeah, you've got a... You've got a, a very competent like wilderness person with you in the form of Brock. So mm -hmm. roll me roll me a D six, Brock, anything but a one. Doesn't take you very long. You will find the body, but like on a one it's taking you a while. Now it takes you maybe a couple of hours. Luckily because it's been raining recently, like there's not like heavy, heavy snow and you sort of know the rough area. So after poking around for a while you do indeed find sort of half like sunk into the they're now sort of muddy ground. What you think of the bones of uh, Gordon Sinclair, there's still a, a few like tatters of his clothing and personal effects about it, which you recognise. Yeah, well, we should, uh, yeah, we'll probably bury him just inside the woods, I guess. Um, out of the sort of plain view and such. Um, give him a proper burial follow any standard um, protocols that he would have followed if we know him yeah I mean obviously like most people from originally getting Ravellini like follows the way of Leander which yeah. you certainly Weimar would be familiar with because you'd have seen like people have to be like given like battlefield burials and stuff like that so you probably know like an abbreviated version of like yeah. the sort of burial rites but at the very least I'll I'll know like a like a short unrelated <laughs> like litany. Um yeah. So we'll 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 do that. Exactly. So I'll I'll probably read off like the ones that I remember the battlefield, you know, litany and then yeah. uh like these like conviction statement, you know, prayers that uh we probably have for Leander as well. I'll just read out those for and indeed, as you're reciting these litanies and Brock is sort of like covering the grave over and like making it all nice, etc., you see like a faint, hazy figure of Gordon Sinclair sort of stood at the the foot of the grave. He like looks down at it sadly. You can see through him. He's gauzy and transparent. He looks down at it sadly, looks up at the two of you, smiles, then he turns around and starts walking off as though he's walking into the forest but with every step he takes he gets like fainter and more indistinct until eventually he like disappears and I'll just say farewell my friend as he sort of walks off you really you very faintly just catch him um, catch the word farewell so like drift and thank you. So that like, drifts back, but it sounds like hollow and echoey as though it's like coming across a vast, incalculable distance. And then the voice sort of like trails away into silence as the last like misty remnants of this spectral figure of Gordon Sinclair disappear, having been laid to rest. And you're both filled with a sort of an odd sense of sort of given everything that's happened recently. You're filled with an odd sort of sense of like peace and rightfulness as you have laid this unquiet spirit to rest hmm. too much burying of 
companions. It was uh, a more costly trip than I anticipated. So these ice walkers, um, where were they from? Where where were they planning to go to? Because they've got no one either, have they? They they don't seem to have thought about it. Like I say, they're the last survivors of their tribe. They 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 can't really go back to the tribal lands because there's not like enough of them. Took most of them are kids. Like the, the woman couldn't possibly support all those kids on her own. Just mm. but logistically, it's not possible. And obviously, they're all still in a bit of a state of shock, so they don't really seem to have thought about it. That her only thought was like, oh, I've got to get these kids away from these like horrible people. But now that they are away, she's sort of like in a bit of a sort of daze, like you know, like hasn't didn't really think about the next step of it. She's like, I want to get away. She never really expected to actually be able to get away. Yeah. So she like never planned beyond that. So does Weimar think there's any reason they wouldn't be able to come back to New Zealand? No. No, that that was that was entirely the thought from the word go. Because we knew nothing about Dear Son and we're definitely not sending him to the fort. No. So New Zealand it is. So I'll I'll tell her I'll you know, take it to one side and let her know that they're more than welcome to journey with us. Yeah, she's she accepts your offer. I mean, she's very grateful to to you all because you've like rode in like big shiny damn heroes and like rescued her and these uh, these poor unfortunate children. So yeah, she's quite happy to go along with that. Um, you find out that her name is Lan Rivar, and she was a member of the Snow Lynx tribe, but like I say, they they've been pretty much wiped out. Aside from the, the the few remnants here, like her and these children, she she has a bit of a general chat. She gratefully accepts your offer, and again thanks you both profusely for for saving her and the children. And then she she spots that you're like carrying this spear, and she says, "Oh, good. I'm I'm glad to see that uh, the the spear of the hunter has been recovered. I wouldn't like to think of it uh, languishing in that dark, horrible place." Ah, it was it was something from your tribe, was it? Uh, yes, um, long ago the, uh, the 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 priests of our tribe, and she looks a little bit sad and maudlin. She says this: uh, they 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 called the the blessings of the spirit of the hunt into the spear, so that it would aid whoever carried it in providing food and hunting down animals to help feed the tribe but given that you have rescued us and that my my own tribe is sadly no more I I think it is only appropriate that that you carry it well I I gratefully accept this gift from your tribe and uh, I I shall put it to good use in, uh, in future times Good. From from what I I've I've never used it myself, but from what I understand, it is it will it will help guide your aim when you are hunting, and even help you find animals to hunt, even in the the bleakest and most desolate of the white wastes. Well, I'm sure the uh, the priests of of the Ice Walkers know what they're doing. I'm sure it will be good be uh, put to good use 
So again, I thank you. Indeed, I. Although they are now, they are now one with the spirits. I would, I would think that they would be happy that a a warrior of our people is still holds the spear. After all, better it be in the hands of one of our own than. And she spits on the ground than those people. Yeah, while I while I still draw breath, then it it will stay with me. She says, uh, "Good and uh, do, do, do not think that I will um, that, that we will not contribute uh, when we are when we are within your halls. Although I am I am weak at the moment, I am more than capable of once I'm recovered from my injuries of bearing arms to help in the defence of." Uh, your halls it, it is the least I can do although of course my my priority must be the the, the, the survivors of my clan I must teach them our ways they are, they're still very young yep and we just have our general chit chat as we no doubt will uh, start to head back to uh, New Zealand Absolutely fine. So, is there anything else you guys want to do, or are you trying to catch up with the um, the soldiers? Yeah, yeah. I'll um, I'll be very interested to catch up with them with, if we can on the way back. Yep, you you guys are in a cart. They're walking. It's not difficult. You, as Mercy Dixon said, she's taken two soldiers with her, and they're just sort of like acting as like bodyguards to her and they're sort of making their way along the coast towards New Zealand. It doesn't take you probably maybe a day so you can each gain like D3 hit points back. Is your plan for the pirate when we get back to New Zealand? or uh, It's when we uh, catch up with the soldiers. Okay. Yeah, which indeed uh, near the end of the of your first day of travelling back you do catch up with them. And they sort of hail you as you're heading alongside them in your cart. Yeah. And I'd like to, um, as uh, as we catch up with them the next time we set up our camp, I'll uh, I'll get Bullseye and uh, the lieutenant in the evening, and um, uh, I'll, I'll let them know that I, I want to have a chat before we reach. New Zealand. Yeah, no problem. Well, they're, they're planning on like camping for the evening anyway, and then like they'll reach yeah. New Zealand on the next day, like halfway through the yeah. next day. So, yeah, you also have a set up camp in a group, like safety in numbers, obviously. Yeah. And in the evening, yeah, all, all of you want to be can be sat around. You made like a little like campfire. The um, the soldiers have got like mess tins and you know like traveling rations mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They've got over the fire. They've got pipes, stuff like that. all the normal sort of stuff you'd expect, like military yeah. people to be carrying in their backpacks. Yeah. So as the, the sort of e evening, like it's it's a good time. Like we're camping, uh, we're we're eating, we're drinking. Yep. Uh, I'll I'll tap Bullseye, the lieutenant, and Brock, uh, and I say, um, "There's the the matter of the captive to be dealt with, and I will be dealing with it now." Before I do, I wanted to ask you, Lieutenant, yes. what is the 
what is the punishment for uh, people like this in uh, your lord's lands? Well, given that you said previously you'd had an encounter with pirates and this person's a captive, I'm assuming he's a pirate. Oh yes, oh yes. I, I'm, I'm going to assume that in case, as is often the case in things like this, he's guilty of robbery, no doubt, murder, other such crimes. They were um, uh, going to sell Ice Walkers. She, she and, frowns at that. And other peoples as well. Well, then I would suggest that um, justice should be meted out swiftly and decisively. Is there something uh, I can pick up or, or maybe roll for here? I'm, I'm trying to gauge her, you know, reaction to, to this uh, idea of dealing with this guy because of the crimes. You, you don't even have to make a roll for it. She, she's being quite open about yeah. how she feels. She She's obviously not a fan of pirates. When you're mm -hmm. like, yeah, they've probably killed people. They've probably robbed people she's like yeah that figures you know do, doesn't want any part of that she's like no that's not a thing that should be happening but then when you say like oh they were like kidnapping like children to like sell she seems utterly disgusted by that and like mm -hmm. if she was even slightly wavering about like what should be done with them as soon as you say that she's like yeah nope let's just deal with okay. it and she, she goes on she's like resources are so scarce that I do not believe we should spend another day feeding such a person. Uh, I'm I'm going to look at Brock and say, because you have stronger ties to the people owed retribution here. If you want to do it, you can do it. I will do it otherwise. If you are, if you demand to do it, that is completely fine. And I will, I, I think we will all agree if you wish to do this yourself. The Lieutenant Norton says, I, I certainly have no disagreement with that as you are more the wronged party than I. Well, I, I would offer that same courtesy to the, the woman of the, uh, the tribe that was, you know, wronged, basically. So, mm, okay, you, we'll we'll go tap her then. Bring her into the circle. Yeah, but you, you bring Lambovar over. Before that, did you ask him about other hidden locations along? Oh the coast? yeah, yeah. So that would have happened during the yeah. So yeah we had like fine. a we'll, we'll hand wave. That that's fine. Yeah. So I would have asked him like, is there any more? You know, just basically safe houses, like hiding Caves hideouts such. On, yeah. on the coast. That he knows of. Now he's only one person off of one ship, so yeah, yeah, could be well, he knows absolutely nothing. But it's worth asking, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, he tells you that further on the coast, and I will indicate it on the map. Cool. So that he, he tells you that there's a there's a hidden inlet. Mm. There, that, that he says it's not like a dedicated base, but like they have used it in the past. It's like a, a sheltered, like hidden inlet. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Uh, okay, yeah, so I would uh, make that offer to, was it Lambasar? Lanrivar, yeah. Lanrivar. Um, so, yeah. uh, I, I want to stress, as, as Brock finishes, I want to stress that we're not forcing this on her. Yeah, yeah. But if she wants, then that's something she can do. Yeah, I, I will basically sort of say the same thing as Weimar said to me. You know, if you don't want to do it, I'm more than happy to do it. But it it feels like it's you know your decision to make, and if you wanted to uh, get some sort of justice or retribution, or she says I I'm perfectly given what they did to us. I'm perfectly happy to. To send him to meet whatever foul gods he follows, but just be sure that it doesn't weigh on your conscious, your conscience. You know, if you want me to do it. She, she, she looks at you and her, her features soften a bit, and she says, uh, I, "I thank you for the offer. It is very kind of you, but I assure you, my conscience will not be overburdened by removing such a creature." Okay. I'll, um, I, I'll, I, I would have to, to, to beg your indulgence to, to borrow a, a weapon off you. I have none of my own. I'll take out a knife. My, you know, hand it over to her. <laughs> yep, you, you give her a knife. She literally like walks over to where this guy's like, presumably you've got him like kneeling on the ground. Yeah, he's like, set off, like a, tied to a tree somewhere. Yeah, she, she literally just like walks up, like grabs his head, pulls it up, and yeah. Yeah. across the throat, and he's like and expires a few moments later. Yeah. And we are, um, I'm guessing we're quite close to the coast yep. here. So in the aftermath, um, you know, we'll, we'll drink and all that and uh, settle in for the night. Yeah. And um, uh, I'll... Mercy um, Dixon nods approvingly as mm -hmm. Lan kills this pirate. I'll... Um, I'll take the corpse, uh, you know, to the because we don't want to deal with the corpse in in our evening, you know, um, you know, eating and and communal activities. So I'll I'll take the corpse, and um, I'll actually spend the rest of my rope on this. So I'll as close to the water as I can. I'll get a tree. I'll put him up. Uh, you know the classic noose uh yeah. on his on his neck uh tied up so that you know the the rope is there so that his corpse will will be hanging off the tree there i'll have taken off his shirt and with the same knife presumably if she gave it back to yeah, me she would have done yeah i'll i'll have carved on his chest uh slaver in in the common tongue you, you do that again mercy dixon like nods approvingly as you're doing that and uh, this is this is a night that Weimar is gonna get absolutely shit faced if we have any booze. It's yeah. The the, the soldiers have actually got some like beer and stuff on them that they're yeah. happy to like. I'll I'll bargain, beg and and maybe steal. <laughs> if, you, you, you don't you don't even have to. Basically, the <laughs> lieutenant Dixon just sort of like says, you know, they're happy to since since they're planning on like coming to you guys in a sort of diplomatic sort mm -hmm. of style anyway they're more than happy to share what they've got i mean they're hoping yeah. to pick up provisions at your home village anyway so they're yeah. like yeah no problems 
So Weimar is going to be extremely morose after this uh, and and get tanked. <laughs> okay, so we, we sort of fade in later on to a scene where Weimar and um, Mercy Dixon, Lieutenant Dixon, are sort of sat around the fire. Obviously, people are still about and everything's still going on. And uh, she says, uh, she says, tell me, uh, Weimar, you're a, you're a military man, aren't you? I used to be anyway. No military around here. She says, yes, I've um, I've done my time soldiering um, myself. Uh, I know we were going to talk a bit about this when, when we reached New Zealand, but given I've just seen how you decisively dealt with that creature and she sort of jerks her head in the direction of the hanging tree, uh, I feel I should talk to you about it now. You see, my, uh, my lord is very concerned that when the when the more temperate summer months arrive in Balcona, as they surely must, those who did not dare risk the dangers of Valcona, but sought to let others take the danger in their place, will seek to send their forces and their people to Valcona to attempt to claim all that we have worked so hard to achieve here. It's just a matter of time. Yes, I, I agree. My my lord has been working on consolidating and uniting at least the coastal area in order to to hopefully deter them from this. Uh, I I may mention the, the the recently completed staff stone tower that I have been placed in charge of. Uh, we we hope to build another such watchtower in the the ruins of. Castle Main, I believe it's called. Uh, I'll not. Just across the, the river from your village of New Zealand. Mm -hmm. It is hoped that if we can build enough of these watchtowers and fortify the coasts, it may deter those who had not the courage and the fortitude to to leave Rohaline from attempting to profit off our, our hard work. My... The word of the, the, the vanguard of the immortals, your your band has uh, has reached the ears of my lord and many others such as myself uh, my my lord would actually like to have a a meeting with yourselves when he's returned from his current mm. mission uh, he hopes to make the same offer to your home village as we made to the elders of dear son but more than that he would also like to extend an offer to to you personally to become the, I suppose, the Castilian, if you wish to call it that, of the the new watchtower that we would seek to build mm. in the ruins of Castlemaine. People with good military experience and uh, strong morality are few and far between in Valconan at the moment. We have heard of your deeds. My lord believes that if you were willing, you could play a great part in ensuring that the w the future of Valconan is not swept over with a tide of idle rich nobles and their lackeys from Rohalim. My, uh, and you'll hopefully forgive me for I am drunk and... Oh, that's fine. We... <laughs> I, I've, I've been a soldier myself. And we have dispatched a man whose life came to the sad past that he was willing to sell people. 
Like, never mind his... Can, can you really call such a person a man? I wonder. He was once. Is the... That, never mind the corpse now swinging in the wind. We are... We are all the sum of our decisions, Wybar. Both the good and the bad. And we have to... We have to take responsibility for wherever our... The path we choose leads us. That's right, and as I was saying, you will forgive me. Um, my first concern here is that I would have avoided having myself and my friends, my new family, be lorded over by a noble from the old country. And instead, I would have them be lorded over by a lord from the new country. I, I entirely understand that. And it is, it is the belief of my lord that the old ways of doing things are not suitable for this new land. It is his hope that by building these, this series of independent but interrelated watchtowers that the the people in charge of those watchtowers would form a I suppose call it a, a council or a group whatever you wish to call mm. it so that each of these towers would be would be governed or presided over by someone who is from that area hmm so that the, the interests of those people within that area could be represented. My Lord recognises that the the concerns of Fort, the immediate concerns of Fort Eastburn are not necessarily the concerns of Deerson or the concerns of New Zealand, although they may they may have an effect on each other. And he believes it is only right that if a tower was to be built in the neighbourhood of New Zealand that someone who has lived and worked and bled for that area should be the person to be in charge of it. That is, no, why, this... that is why he has not simply ordered us to, to, to build a tower and attempt to, to force our will, <laughs> such as it were, <laughs> on, the, on the area of New Zealand. That, that, that would not do. I, I wonder... We would never have spoken, and I find it. If never, never mind my suspicions of your lord and his motives, but I'll give him at least that. We would not have spoken, you and I, if he was more ravenous. Indeed, my my had my lord the the wish to to do so. He has men enough and forces enough to attempt to force his will on the surrounding area but but that is not his wish he, he knows that um, people forced to, to sort of bend their knee to someone will never their heart will never truly be in their work or they, they will not be loyal they, they will simply serve out of fear whereas a person who is working for the betterment of their home governed by people who share their concerns and their fears then they will be more motivated 
to work for the the common good. Uh, is she drinking? Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll get like a I'll refill her mug, <laughs> hand it over to her, and I'll like slowly nod, I scratch my uh, chin a bit, and uh, I'll do a little cheers, and I'll say. Uh, It's probably not the best of times to talk about high matters such as these, but I'm surprised, to say the least, to hear these words. And uh, I am uh, cautiously pleased by them as well. Indeed. Well, my my lord is attempting to, to reach out to other people who he believes might help consolidate and work for the the common good of the future of Alconani much as there there are day-to-day current affairs that need to be dealt with my lord also has his sights on the future he wishes to see Valconan become something like the, the the great state it once was when our our ancient forefathers lived here but he believes that 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 should be the that should fall to those people who have been willing to risk the dangers and shed their blood upon the snow here not those who simply waited to to let others take the risk and then sort to swoop in afterwards and claim all the glory if you will that, that is the uh, yeah. I'm, I'm from Keystone so I know I know about the way how there's always someone ready to come and pick up all the things you've built and indeed i was thinking that will happen someday i was i, I knew it would happen someday. indeed it, it may not be this season it may not even be next but my, my lord is of a, a similar mind to you with this he knows it will happen sooner or later and the the more we can be prepared for it the more we can ensure that all we have strived to accomplish here isn't simply swept aside to to the point where he's even reaching out to the, uh, the the current occupants of Fort Kersey and has even dispatched dispatched people to with messages to uh, Fort's Hawk and Evelis yeah. in the hope that all of the respective lords can meet together and form a if not an alliance but a, a common bond to yeah. to help secure the future of Balconan your lord is very ambitious. Of course. Which, you know, he's a lord. Comes with the territory. I will have to talk more about this, and we'll have to talk more about the uh, more about this with the the people of New Zealand as well. But for my own self, I. I applaud the ambition. I think you are speaking through. There's this. This could be something, Lieutenant. I think this could be something. She like chinks a tankard together yeah. with, with your own, and then says, as "Well, well, ho- hopefully, uh, that this is the start. If we can all, it is my belief, and also my lords that." If we can all work together, then we can secure a brighter future for Valkan. Here, here. 
at which point at which point we cut across to happening at the same time as this conversation we cut across to brock brock you're sort of stood there like mingling you know eating a bit of food doing whatever and um you hear like a couple of the soldiers like the two guards who are with her sort of like talking and you just catch into the conversation as one of them's like uh, yeah well i don't know how we'll get on with them things at fort kersey and they're sort of stood like chatting to each other like having a drink not leaning on their spears yeah with that uh, i'll uh, approach um and I say, uh, I couldn't help but overhear you talking about Fort Kersey. He you says, know, uh, it, they turn around, they've obviously had a bit yeah. from the look of him. He turns around and he says, uh, he says, yeah, uh, that, that's right. Uh, Lord Brannan's uh, gone on like a diplomat, well, second diplomatic meeting he's gone to there. Uh, and you know who lives at Fort Kersey? He says, "Well, what I hear is it's these, uh, it's these weird like, what, what, Tom, what, what, what did, uh, what, what did the old, uh, the old guard boy call him? He's like, uh, he's like, oh, sh- shadow creatures. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if he managed to negotiate with them." He said, the, the soldier leans over and he says, well, I don't know how true this is, but he says, well, what I hear is uh, these uh, these like shadow elf-like creatures, apparently, like, they're mainly bothered about trying to find a, like, a cure for their, like, condition. Mm. You know, trying to, like, get themselves back to a bit more, like, normal, like. And he says, uh, well, m- my lord's no, like, master of the... Uh, of the arcane arts, but um, he does have certain resources in that department, so he's hoping that you know, if he offers to help them out a bit with what they're trying to do, maybe they'll help him out a bit. You know that, that that's what the diplomacy game's all about, isn't it, Tom? And this other guy's like, yeah, it's all about a bit of give and take, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I do most of my diplomacy with my sword, and I sort of pat the hilt on my sword. So I wouldn't know about those things. Well, what do you think of this new lord of yours? What do you make of him? What, what Brannon? Mm. He says, yeah, he, he seems all right. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. After uh, after Lord Eastburn died, there were uh, there was a bit of upset and a bit of like friction and whatever. And uh, any time a noble dies, there's all like all manner of rumours flying around and people saying that like, someone killed him and whatnot. But and like a few people left, and there was a bit of trouble with like law and order. You know, whenever, whenever like a lord passes, like all the criminals come like crawling out of the woodwork. I think it's a free for all. And he had to like crack down a bit hard, like at first when like when he was taking the reins, to like make make it known that like he wasn't going to stand for any of that sort of behaviour in Fort Eastburn. But now like things have started to settle down a bit. He seems to be doing a pretty good job as far as I'm concerned. You know, and like, I like what he's saying about like keeping Valconan for those of us who were who were willing to like take the risk of coming here rather than just letting any like Johnny come lately like come sailing in when we've put all the bloody work in yeah I, um, I heard there was um, quite suspicious suspicious rumours about 
how he became Lord. He said, "Yeah, there were there were lots of rumours flying around." He's like, he said, "And take him wrong, I, I, whether any of them are true, I can't say or not. But all I can tell you is that Lord Eastburn was—I don't mean to speak ill of the dead—but he was a frightened old man. He'd been he'd been shuttled off to Valconen by like his family because he was like." fourth son or third son or something like that so they they didn't really have anything for him back in Rowalene so they stuck him on a boat and sent him here he was he was an old man he just wanted to live out the rest of his days you know in his little fort like kick king of his tiny little hill and that was it and like I say he was an old sickly man and it, it's sad but you know he died and whether the rumours are true or not I can't say but I personally think Fort Eastburn's far better. I mean, I can't picture, again, don't mean to speak out of the dead, but I can't picture Lord Eastburn, rest his soul, down to rest his soul, like trying to trying to weld everyone together, you know, to like, to get everyone working together towards like the same thing. Mm. He'd have just been happy to like sit in his fort, live out the rest of his days quietly. And that'd have been it. And, and did you serve with the Lord himself? I mean, did you well, I, I wasn't one of, with him? I wasn't one of his personal guard or anything like that. But yeah, I, uh, I, I went on a few, uh, I went on a few like missions and whatnot where he was there. Yeah, I mean, about when he first arrived. I mean, later on when he started getting really ill, not so much. He didn't really leave the leave the fort much. And what about the new Lord? Do you do you serve closely with him? He says, "Well, we've we've been assigned to a uh, Staffstone Tower now, so we take our orders from uh, from Lieutenant Dixon. He sort of like points back across where you can see in the distance, like by one of the fires, like Weimar and like yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Mercy Dixon talking. Says, yeah, we take our orders from Lieutenant Dixon, but uh, yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've been on like guard duty when uh, when uh, he was walking about and Branham was walking about and stuff like that. Uh, mm. I, I've bumped into him a few times, you know, when he was like, when he was getting stuff from like the the market sellers in Fort Eastburn and stuff like that. He, he seemed right. I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he, he came off as a little bit stuck up, you know, like all these nobles do. I mean, they can't help it. But um, yeah, he, he seemed all right. Never did me no harm. Yeah, I was, I was, well, I heard rumours when I was in that area that he used to travel to some strange cave. He says, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, about a day's ride to the east of there. Yeah, bro. He's... From from what I heard, again, take take it with a pinch of salt. I don't know how true it is. But from what I heard, he's like, he's really into, like, his old history. You know, I mean, that that's part of the reason he came to, like, Valconan in the first place. You know, there's so much, like, old shit around here. And he's like, he, he said that there were some like old these caves were like really old and there was some like old stuff in there and occasionally he'd get some of his like guards together and he'd travel out there to see if he could find any old stuff in these caves and occasionally he'd come back with a few like little bits and pieces like yeah, bits of statue and bits of stone that he'd found and stuff like that. He got, got right excited about it. Hmm. You never you were never lucky enough to go on one of these these trips then? No, no, it was only like his personal guard he'd like take with him. And uh, well, I was just one of the the standard guards in the uh, in the fort. Uh, but before I got promoted to uh, to, to working in Staffstone, mm. I'm sure you're doing a fine job. 
Oh, that's, that's got very kind of you, sir. So, how are you? He says, so, at this point, can you roll me a d6, please? Yeah, right. A two. He sort of looks at you and he like narrows his eyes and he's like, have we met before? Uh, do I recall meeting this gentleman before? Not as far as you recall. Bit I difficult don't... to tell me, he looks like a generic soldier. Yeah. I don't believe so. Um, he's like, oh, you just just look a bit familiar. I'm sure it's nothing. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Like I say, it was a bit weird when he first took over, but um, yeah, everything seems to have shaken out all right now. Um, he says, tell me though. Uh, obviously, I, I can tell by like, looking at you. You're one of the uh, you're one of the locals. How did you come to be um, sh shacking up in this um, New Zealand? Um, well, it's a uh... A long story, but my tribe was pretty much wiped out when I was a young fellow, and I've spent most of my life roaming the land looking for somewhere. He's like, to "Oh, call home. sorry to hear that." He's like, "Tom, pour the fellow a drink," and like a beer's poured for you. Well, that was many years ago, but I mean, I'll have a drink with him. Um, but yeah, I've I've found that I can I can call this place home. And uh, I think the people there are, are doing a noble cause. And uh... he says, "Well, I'm, I'm sure you probably know, but uh, but but, but uh, Lord, and he's like stuttering a bit because obviously he's like getting steadily more tanked. He's like, I'm sure you've heard that uh, Lord Bran, and he's uh, he's gone out of his way to like have as many of uh, the locals as uh, us newcomers uh, working around Fort Eastburn." Uh, he's he's very keen to that all the people who are currently living in Valconan who are like putting in the effort should like all share in like the potential rewards in the future. That that's like your people, my people, like probably even them like weird like shadow things. Well, I mean it sounds nice. And uh, we'll see how that goes, I guess. Yeah, we 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 come but over. I mean, you know, might might come to nothing. I mean, like I say, it says I'm not I'm not really sure if I should be telling you this. Uh, maybe like leans a bit. His, his voice is slow, and he leans in a bit closer. And he's like, I've heard that um, uh, they they want to build another one of uh, like Staffstone. They want to build like another tower near uh, your village, and I've heard that they. Um, they want to offer the stewardship of it to your boy over there, and he like <laughs> point, he points at Weimar. Yeah. Well, maybe that, maybe that's not a bad idea. Well, no, I mean, uh, Lord Brannan, he wants to. He's very keen that the, the steward of a of a particular area should come from that area because obviously they'll know what's going on with the people who live there. So you never know. I might be. Uh... I might be friends with your boss soon. Hey, stranger things have happened. <laughs> he's like, uh, I'm, he's just, yeah, Lord Brandon's got this whole idea that like each of like the like, the people in charge of like the the towers, they'll be like, I don't know, like a group or whatever, and they'll all sort of, if anything important, they'll all sort of be in charge of their little area, but if anything important happens that affects everyone, they'll sort of all come together in some like meeting or whatever to like discuss it. 
I don't, I don't know if that'll work. I mean, it sounds a bit far-fetched to me, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's a new idea. Maybe it'll work. I mean, what do I know? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a reason I'm a soldier and not like one of these like government types, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Let them talk about the, uh, the political stuff. He says, yeah, leave that sort of stuff to the nobles. I'll drink to that. Like yeah. Tank with you. yeah. Well, I I offer him a, a sort of warm handshake. Yeah, he shakes your hand. It's uh, nice to know that uh, there's some honest soldier types um, keeping us safe, keeping our people safe. He says, "Well, yeah, let's hope we can. Let's hope we can carry on." I mean, like I say, I I don't know how things are going to work out in the future. I'm not. I'm not like a a seer or a priest or anything like that but you know i've got to admit when you when you listen to lieutenant dixon and some of the others like talk about how they see the future working it's almost enough to like make you believe it could happen and i, and I hope for myself that it does happen i mean let's face it we, we we all came from here once upon a time right if you believe like the, the history and whatnot so you know it'd be good to see it rise up again you know who knows who knows indeed. And uh I'll continue the, the small the small chit chat with them for a little bit longer. Okay. So as you guys are sort of chatting to these soldiers and to Mercy Dixon and the various other people there, obviously Lan is like taking care of these like, ice walker kids and stuff like that. The the night wears on, everyone carries on drinking and eating. Like you all have a bit of a chat and I like, agree to all like travel together the the last leg to to New Zealand like the next morning you know, strength in numbers again stuff like that and as night begins to fall and people slowly start filtering away and start like going to sleep and stuff like that that is where we're going to fade out and draw an end to the session so thank you very much for playing guys I hope you enjoyed that mm -hmm. yep very very good and obviously we will sort out XP and whatnot. But for now, I'm just going to, again, thank my wonderful players and anyone who's watching this either now or in the future. Hopefully, we'll catch you for the next episode. Take it easy. Goodbye.